I'm literally the chop shop when it comes to editing, so. Chop shop, love it. Also, I know we're recording already, but I don't give a fuck. So like, I don't know what to do for an intro now. Like, do I pre-record an intro? I feel like I just want like things to be really casual. So I'm like ready to just do a pre-recorded intro. Yeah. Or like a post-production intro. I I know you did that. I do a post-prod personally. Okay, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. We don't know what we're going to talk about. So it's like a nice little recap. Try to tantalize, you know, get the the listeners ready. Also, I like fully deep throat this thing because I... The mic? Yeah, because when I... I, I feel like my voice doesn't pick up on audio recording very well for some reason. Okay, my mic would beg to differ based on our episode of Near Distant. Your voice was picked up by the mic. You didn't feel like oh, I was any wait. quieter than you? No, I thought your voice was louder. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. But I also know for a fact that I was talking debatably two times louder than you in your house. I think that is generally true. So the fact that me talking twice as loud came through at roughly the same level is what I mean. <laughs> you like wanted it four times as loud. Like No, you- I don't I want it to be the same amount of loudness. But I I I seek that to come easier to me. Yeah. I mean, that's like getting into like a lot of like audio engineering that I really don't know about. I just will Google it. I have know? no idea either, but it's just something I feel like I've uh realized in the in the process of editing this thing oh yeah i mean i had to google luffs what the Um, fuck is that so i guess like a lot of like podcasts and i think also in like the eu there's a rule about how loud shit can be Mm. and like a luff is like a loudness it's like loudness unit compared to full scale or something so it's like christ Hold on, let me goog. Get the goog out. Okay. Loudness units relative to full scale. Wow, that memory. It's a measurement of audio loudness that factors human perception and electrical signal intensity together. So they're used to set targets for audio normalization in broadcast systems for cinema, TV, radio, and music streaming. According to blog.lander.com. So... (laughs) Shout out. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. It's fascinating. Anyways. I am using a coaster that was handmade by Kay Donahue, a.k.a. your mother. Can we get <laughs> eyes on this? Gorgine little number. Honestly, reason enough to become a video pod. <laughs> Literally. They're so cute. They're she really needs cute. to be <clears throat> running her own business. She does, but she like says that she refuses to make coasters for Etsy because it would be too stressful and it would take out the fun. I fully relate and I respect that so much. Like, just keep it fun. Keep it easy breezy. Although I think she would like it if it was like a one of a kind thing and not like, I'll always make this pattern. She should just be like, this is what I have. Like it, buy it. If you don't, fuck off. Yeah, she would just have to like make whatever she wanted and then, yeah, yeah people can buy it if they want it. Exactly, but we're obsessed. I have one by my, uh, or on my nightstand. I have one there too. It's the beaded one. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, those are yeah. rare. 
You only made a select few of those. I know that was early days. Full beaded, rainbow beads, also black and white. This is the first edition, Kate Onahio. First edition. And then I have two of these black and white nails <laughs> tooth ones. Wow, she likes you more than she likes me. I know. <laughs> Although I do have two, not one, but two bags. I will well, say. I don't have a single bag. So yeah, that's more babe. Yeah. You got it on me there. And she just whips them out so fast. That's why she really should have a business for it. I know. She's I know, a machine. Like a for her. Very obsessed. Okay, well, I'm here with Kelly Donahue, resident of Oakland currently, um, fintech researcher, um, has her own podcast called Near Distant, almost called it 2023, rebrand. It's been rebranded. It's been rebranded. Yeah, Near Distant is basically musings on the near distant future. So I have conversations with people um, kind of figuring out like what is the future they want to live in and what are some of the tangible steps we can take to get there. Um, and Hot Rod BJ was on the most recent episode. Still the most recent, huh? I have really been talking about how difficult it has been to like maintain a creative practice. I think amidst like maintaining tons of friendships, maintaining a relationship, um constantly like feeling like I don't have a lot of self-discipline so yeah it's been kind of hard I'm not I'm not churning churning them out um so to speak so yeah maybe I could just tear a little page from your book and yeah podcast I once a week it's full dedication if you're trying to get something out weekly I will say that's the renaissance regime right there do your listeners know about the ren regime I, the listeners have not been um, made aware of the Ren regime yet. I mean, do you want to divulge the regime or? Well, yeah, the, the Renaissance regime is something I implemented in my life. I don't know, probably about a year and a half ago, I think post breakup. Um, and I just got super self-disciplined and I told myself I'm working out at least three times a week on like specific days. And I just that's just what I do. I work out on those days. And if I miss a day, cause I like decide to socialize or something came up or whatever, then I immediately do it the next day. And it's just about like prioritizing, I guess, like health and wellness in my life. Cause I felt like in the pandemonium, I kind of had gotten like derailed from that. Cause I was so used to just being dependent on like yoga mainly as being like a structure for me. Um, and I would go running more, but you know, these knees, they can't, they can't take it. Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, the regime and now we've spread that into all this shit with my stomach and working with a dietitian. And I just have to be like kind of strict with my diet and all my supplements that I'm taking. So the regime is fully locked and loaded these days. And we're just a disciplined machine over here now. If you work it, it works for you, I believe. Yeah, it works if you work it for sure. And that's basically all it is. It's just actually following through on everything that you say you're going to do. See, which I think is like easier said than done for me. I just am very distractible. I have been known to be a bit of a people pleaser. So yeah, I think time management is definitely like a factor for me and like 
um, feeling like I can have like a consistent little output. I get that. I think, I mean, like I said, a big part of it is just like, I, I said I was going to do this. I'm literally doing it. No options. And you have to be accountable to yourself, which is a very difficult thing to do because it's a lot easier to just be like tired. But I, <laughs> I also feel like I have, I've been a disciplined person for like a long time in my life. So it's just been like constantly like growing. Um, I think that's all like rooted in like mental health stuff and just being like having a lot of stuff with like anxiety and depression and me knowing that if I do things, I'll feel better. Like if I clean or if I go hang out with people or if I do my homework, like procrastinating only ever makes me feel worse and is like overwhelming to me because I just will think about the problem instead of actually like doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's where a lot of like my discipline, like originally came from. And now it's just constantly spreading into more areas in my life. I feel like, I feel like I'm someone who definitely has always thrived in a space where like, I'm part of a group, even like in high school, like playing water polo, being on part of the team was like, okay, other people are counting on me. Um, like I thrived there and tried way harder than when I was like on the swim team. Cause I'm like, I don't fucking care if I like set a personal record. <laughs> like it's like a very different sort of like mentality, but I'm very used to like, okay, if this is something that's like needed for the group, I'm down. So yeah, I think yeah. that's something that I've been working on a lot and thinking about, but yeah, I, I think I need to add it to my Renaissance regime. Cause I'm very disciplined about like physical exercise but less mm -hmm. disciplined about um, like creativity. Well, I think it's hard to even like conceptualize kind of like pigeonholing yourself into something kind of like, you know, your mom with like making these little crafts. Like it's so much more fun and easy, I guess, when it's just like a creative project and you do it when you're inspired. But I think there's like a lot of pressure taken off of things in a weird way when you have to do them more often because it's just mm -hmm. like I'm just doing it and whatever product that gets made is what it is and I think that a lot of like the refinement just comes with time and practice and so I think it's just really essential in the beginning to just get it out you know get the numbers up get the numbers up get them get out the reps in look I'm already on the floor recording this. I might as well do a couple push-ups. Might as well. Uh, and you have like a good chunk of episodes. It's not like you haven't gotten the reps in. So I think it's a good time for you to dial it in. I agree. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's the vision for the rest of the year. Can't I'll wait to see much. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so other than the podcast, what, what else goes on in your life? You just came back from Vegas. I did. Yeah. My partner had his work offsite in Vegas and yeah, that was cool because I just like work remotely. Um, and then, you know, in between meetings laid by the pool and people watched and it was very relaxing. I will say we were what? also there during like the beginning of the week. So it wasn't like the weekend madness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the niche the Venetia. That's yeah. cool. 
You've stayed there before, right? Yeah, my fintech fuckery. Yeah, we definitely had like a work offsite there last year. Um, also stayed in the Venetian. But it's different when you're like at your work offsite because you're like, oh, do I want to go to the pool? What if I like run into people who I don't like feel like having small talk with? Um, but this was so low pressure because it wasn't my work offsite. So I was just very free to enjoy, you know. Full loungerella. Defo. So did you spot any like premium people watching? Um, okay. What was kind of surprising to me was like how many Europeans were there, like just in Vegas in general. Like I heard a lot of like Italian, German, some French. Um, and I just, I guess I didn't know that Las Vegas was such an international vacation spot, you know? Yeah. In August. No less. No less. That is kind of surprising to me, especially after, well, maybe I feel like especially after COVID, I'm just like, I would rather be getting a more cultural experience maybe, but yeah, I, and maybe at the same time, people are just like ready to be rowdy. So. Yeah. I mean, we're ready to be rowdy. We're going next month. That's true. I can't wait. <laughs> same. But it's also like, we're both on the West coast. It's like a two hour flight. Like, so easy so easy yeah that's where it like yeah totally i'm like these these europeans must be doing something else you know they must be doing like a big california road trip or something probably because i you know like most people don't even stay in Vegas that long so i'm sure they're hitting other spots yeah definitely but i was a little bit worried beforehand because there are all there's all this like flooding in vegas because they have monsoon rains but they hadn't had like heavy rains for like 10 years or these were the heaviest rains they'd had um, in the past 10 years. But by the time we got there, everything was dry. And um, there was one night where there was a really cool lightning storm, which we watched from the windows of Buddy V's Ristorante (laughs) in the Venetian. Who's this cake boss, who I guess is like actually a horrible person. Is this like the cake boss from TLC? The literal cake boss. Oh. Who is supposedly okay. like not chill. Maybe we should Google that right now, but. Uh, wh- what do you think is not chill about him? I'll Google, but. Oh, I don't know. I just remember like there being some, I don't know, something came out about him being like an asshole or something. But also like probably pretty like egotistical considering he's like, I'm the cake boss. Like, you know, who named Yeah, you? I mean. I loved that show. And you know who loved it more than me is Bridget, my little sister, obsessed. I think she's been to like one of the bakeries in like Hoboken or something when she went to New York. Old. Yeah. He was arrested for a DUI in 2014. Okay. So maybe that. Hmm. That's the only thing that's really coming. Well, that's Wikipedia. So you're not, you know, getting that all the news but yeah get us the new york post immediately but yeah he had a couple of restaurants what's interesting about vegas is like i will say for vegas the food is amazing mm-hmm. because i don't know why it is um <laughs> but all people i mean people just go there to like get fucked up be entertained be by the pool eat it's like very hedonistic right. so the food is really good and I will say that I did have a piece of 
cake boss cake and it was pretty good. That one's delicious to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. But when we got back to Oakland, um we got some fried food. I've been eating a lot of fried food lately. Okay. But we got some food from this place called Endless Summer. We got deep fried Oreos, deep fried Twinkie, corn dogs. What? And this is just in Oakland? Like this in sounds Oakland. like the fair. I know, but like bougie fair, you know what I mean? Cause okay. It is the Bay Area. Right. So by bougie, I mean they had vegetarian corn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but they were really good. Yeah, I just went to the fair. I went to the demo derby um, last weekend, which was super fun. And I paid $15 for a corn dog. So the fair ain't cheap, you know. Dollars for a corn dog? Yeah, 15 It was rough. But I heard someone else paid $18. So that made me feel better. <laughs> How big is it like as big as your forearm? Like it was it was pretty large, but like honestly, I regretted it. It was like it's not something I should have eaten for my stomach, but I was just hungry. And then on my way back in, I saw that there was like a taco stand. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> Say la vie. Say la vie. And then James, um, after the derby was over, he I like burped and he was like has it been you that's been burping this whole time? Cause it's like the derby, it's so loud. You can't tell like what's going on even like right next to you. And I was like, yeah, that was definitely me. And he was like, Jesus, those smell. <laughs> <laughs> Look, one thing about James, he's going to give it to you straight. Absolutely. And he's definitely going to hear you burping and call you on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he sure did. And we but that. yeah, it was fun. And then I went, <laughs> I went back to the fair this week and saw Flo Rida, which was an experience to say those the least. Those videos were incredible. And the funny thing is, is when you sent me those videos, I had to laugh because me and Casey had been listening to Flo Rida in Vegas. Oh my God. Who and knew? I He's having a renaissance. Well, maybe he was like, I think we were trying to decide if we wanted to go any shows while we were there. And maybe like, oh, okay. I think Casey was like, oh no, we missed Flo Rida. Like, <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> And on his so, way to Washington, you just missed him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I was like, look, it's like basically we we got the show. I will say though, when we we got in on a Sunday and um we could hear like a show from there's this like little nightclub attached to the Venetian called Tau. Oh yeah, this and, little like, nightclub, only like nightclub. one of the most popular. <laughs> look, I'm not a Vegas girly, so I am. I just know this is because of watching reality TV. Like this is where all the reality TV people used to go back in like the thousands, like all the Hills people and the Kardashians used to like oh, host really? at Tao all the time. Oh. Mm-hmm. Tao and then it was like One Oak was the big one. I I don't know. Maybe it's the Zook. Well, like Zook's doing the music now, but yeah. Hard to keep up. The It Club these days. Clubs these days. Clubs these past decades. Um, but Turns out Ludacris was performing, but we like Luda. couldn't understand it. We couldn't hear it from our hotel room. So we were just Luda's like, Luda's good. That? I like his music. I would go. Same. Had we known, I think we would have listened a little bit more closely, but. Hmm. Florida was weird though, because he had like two other guys on stage and sometimes they'd be like rapping or singing. Uh, not usually him, him every once in a while. And like he got in the crowd though. He was fun and rowdy and he had like these fun background dancers like i had a good time because i was like intoxicated but um and i had a great time but 
I, and it was just like comical, but I don't know how much like fun it would be if I was like stone cold sober. I still probably would have had like a good time, but I probably would have been more aware of like how weird it was. And then toward the end, he just kept like cutting off the music after playing like 45 seconds of it. So you're just getting into it. And then he'd like stop it for whatever reason, say something, move to a different song. It was very confusing. This is a phenomenon of like the the aughts rappers because one time I saw Nelly in Miami. And let me tell you, we go to Miami for my 30th birthday. There's like a trillion posters for, um, I think it's called Club 11. So there's like billboards. Oh yeah, that's like that strip club out there. Yeah, we go to the, the beach. There's a plane with like Club 11. We're like, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. We get there at like 1030. Um, and the first like we walk in and I honestly, I didn't know it was a strip club because I was like, <laughs> oh, Nelly's performing. Mm, whatever. Um, yeah. I thought it was like a nightclub. But we go in. The first, There's two of like the tallest poles I've ever seen in my life. Um, and the d- two dancers that were like dancing when we walked in were incredible. Like they were like climbing to the top of the pole, like, like doing like such sick stuff, like incredible moves. Um, and then like literally after them, all of the other dancers that came out were like not climbing. We're not athletic. We're just kind of like jiggling, which was hot. We loved it, but it was yeah, not like yeah. the same sort of like stunning, incredible. Um, yeah, they're just dancing. They're giving a shimmy. They're giving a shimmy. Exactly. Um, which looked great. Um, but we're like, okay, like how long is the shimmying going to happen? And then we like go and ask someone and they're like, oh, I think Nelly will go on around 3, 3.30. Stop. In the morning. Okay. And it's 10, maybe 11 at this point. So we're like, oh my God, four hours, four and a half hours. So we go off. We have a whole night. Huh. Come back to Club 11 are waiting for Nelly to go on. And okay, let me just give you, like, set the scene. So it what is- time did you come back? Like one thirty or 2. Okay. And so it's really, really crowded. The way that they have this club set up, it's like the sort of, like, stage and, like, VIP area is fucking huge. And everywhere else is really skinny, like, really narrow. It's like a hallway <laughs> around it. So it's so crowded. And then there's like an upstairs that also is kind of like a balcony that's the same width. So it's also so crowded. And there's like a huge jumbo screen that has like this kaleidoscope of a shirtless Nelly, just kaleidoscopic images like rotating around. There are these like dancers dressed like Harlequin clowns on stilts, just cruising around the crowd. Um, (laughs) That's pretty cool. Nelly comes out with his wife and she's just like shooting the dollar bill gun out into the crowd of like the VIPs. And then Nelly finally starts performing and he starts doing the exact same thing you were just describing where he'll sing like 45 seconds of a song. um, But mostly just like holding the mic out to the crowd to sing like Mm. country grammar, et cetera. And then he starts playing like songs that were like popular at the time that he was popular. Oh, but not his, but not his just to like put him in like the context of like the time that he's from. It was yeah. so weird. So weird. It is weird. I And Nelly performed at the fair last year, I think. And I think Sarah went, I'm, I don't, I don't know if he did that there. I'm curious to hear. I got to ask around. 
ask around. But I don't, I feel like people said good things about his show. So I don't know. I mean, a Nelly song is a Nelly song. Like it's going to be good. Yeah. It's just like, how much of it are you going to get? You know? That's a great point. <laughs> Only 30 seconds, apparently. 30 it's seconds. like the, the cool. iTunes sample. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) He he only owns the rights to 30 seconds of a song now. Oh, my God. Honestly, I wouldn't even be that surprised. (laughs) Me neither. Okay, so I I know you're no specialist, but I do need to ask you your opinion on the new Beyonce album, Renaissance. Where are you at? What are your thoughts? I'm not a specialist. However, when it dropped did I listen immediately yeah I did yeah we live in America exactly we're just U.S. citizens civic duty we live in Beyonce's America okay and so I listened and I feel like the production is really good like Honey Dijon producing um I don't know how much she did but I know she did a fair amount um is incredible for some reason, like this album sounds like a little bit like, I don't know, somehow it feels like, I know this is incorrect because all of Beyonce's music is very produced, but it okay. sounds just like maybe overproduced. And I think that's because it's like the house music aspect that's happening. I well, like I was listening like- to it again on my way home from my camping trip this weekend, just so yeah. I could get a little refresher because I wanted to talk about it this week on the yeah. pod. And So my point of view, which maybe aligns with what you're saying, is that I feel like it's the most like vocally showcasing album that she has. Like there's a lot of like um, speaking and more of like a rap kind of a sound and like vocally she takes it there on like some songs, but a lot of it is like for her, like mid range. Yeah. And maybe that's why it felt a little bit like it it is also like not my place to say anything about Beyonce because this is Beyonce's America. But I (laughs) she just gets to do whatever she wants and no one can say anything. (laughs) Truly. I mean, it just felt a little flat to me. And it it felt like a little bit like it just made me wonder, like, oh, what would like a Solange house album sound like? And some of like the songs I was like, oh, is this like she's really like taking a page from Solange's book, but like Solange is Solange the way that Beyonce is Beyonce. I think that like the, the album is much more sound oriented. So I like understand that opinion. I think, like I said, like uh, as, as opposed to being like, like her last album was a little more like political and she's had some other like very vocally centered tracks and like, uh, the Beyonce album was like the beginning of her kind of like being more political and like really stepping into her identity, I would say. And this is less that I feel like I don't feel like this is Beyonce stepping into her identity. I think it's her stepping into an identity. Yeah. A queer identity, which is interesting. <laughs> well, that's the part where I'm just like Beyonce and Jay-Z at the end of the day are like capitalist. Like I listened to this podcast called Hella Black and they talk about this a lot. Like black billionaires at the end of the day are like billionaires. Right. And like you don't become a billionaire without like the exploitation 
of someone. So it's almost like, yeah, like, is this like an identity? It's hard though, because it's like, part of me is like, okay, like, yeah, it is co-opting of an identity. And, and also like hearing Beyonce saying like church girl is like kind of corny to me hearing like Beyonce, like sing about like gray sweatpants. You know what I mean? That I texted that to you immediately. Cause I was like, uh, this was like the day after the album came out and I'm like a, a person who does not listen to lyrics and songs. So if I notice them, like something's, th- you, something's off. If I notice that lyrics, something's off or it was like so fire. But I, I heard Grace about pants and I was like, wait, what? Like record scratch. I was immediately. You're probably wondering, how did I get here? I yeah, absolutely was. And I shot it to the group chat. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Yeah. And that's what I was thinking when I was listening, but at the same time, like we live in Beyonce's America. And so it's like, she is sort of like, yeah, I guess like bringing like house music is so queer historically. So like the fact that it's like kind of like being brought back into the mainstream by Beyonce is important. It's relevant. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. It felt a little flat. And I was just like, why is Beyonce singing about like, what's that song? Like sexy alien or something? Alien superstar. Yeah. No, completely. There are just so many elements that like don't like jigsaw together for me. Like, yeah, I don't see her being super like Aquarian, like minded to have this like Cosmos album or like song even. I think it, the alien superstar has like become a very popular hit off the album, which I find a little odd because I think it's a good song, but I don't particularly like love it more than other songs on the album. And I also just like, don't get that vibe from her. I'm like, when have you ever mentioned an alien before? And then Mm. like, uh, yeah, like the gray sweatpants line in the song called Church Girl, which I mean, obviously isn't necessarily uh, like about church, but it's just like an odd juxtaposition. And then that song America has a problem. And then it, that one I had the most of an issue. I feel literally like- not political at all. It just talks about sex. <laughs> like it was so confusing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it talks about sex, but not in like a Lauren Hill, like that thing kind of no, way. just like fucking to house music like like the rest of the album is like the rest of america like like the gays for the past 30 years for example like they've done that like which i it's just like a lot of these like weird incongruent factors that are confusing to me even when break my soul came out like i love that song i think it's fire but like beyonce singing about working nine to five doesn't translate to me (laughs) it doesn't because beyonce works like 25 8 Again, we are in Beyonce's America. Yeah. But yeah, the idea that like Beyonce could speak on like menial labor. Right. It's not that I don't think she's a hard worker. It's just you know, that, I know. Yeah, you don't you don't understand corporate like yeah, boring shit. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's like she is married to Jay-Z, so she probably does understand corporate boring shit. Um, because it walks around in gray sweatpants all the time. But um That's true. Maybe this album only makes sense. And the fact that all of this happens within her home. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. I feel like I probably, I need to like give it some more listens. And also at the end of the day, like Beyonce didn't make this for me, even though I do live in Beyonce's America. It is the joke that I 
I like the album. My favorite song, I think, is Heated. I put it on a playlist pretty early on. So I've been listening to that a lot. I really like it. And um, I like Virgo's Groove, Cuff It, Energy. Energy. I don't know why I love that so much. Yeah, I like Energy. And honestly, I think Break My Soul. There's a reason uh, yeah. that it was uh, the single. I think Break My Soul and Heated are my favorites from the album. Yeah, it was definitely like the the breakout star to me. And I think I like Break My Soul because it was like you, you get the most Beyonce vocals on that song for me. Yeah, she does have that one slow song, Plastic Off the Sofa, that's very vocally, which I do like, actually. I, I like better than some other songs on the album, which I'm usually more of like a pump up the jams kind of a guy than the and then a slow burner but yeah you know with Beyonce you she does the slow burn very well that she does that she does Demi Lovato came out with her new album on Friday so I bought that on my way like I went camping in my car on Friday night so I bought it at Target on my way out of town actually I had to go to two because it was sold out stunning can't believe yeah, sold out at Target in Bellingham. Wow. So I uh, I was driving through this other town called Burlington on my way down. So I stopped there, purchased, um, and it's fucking good. It's she's back to her pop punk roots, and like Cal, you gotta listen. It's there might be no skips. Yes, <gasps> I, I listened to it probably like three or four times because I had a three hour drive after work on Friday to go. And then, you know, three and a half hours back home. And my hike was fucking incredible. I Demi the whole time. What were you listening to Demi the whole time on the drive up on my hike? I listened to, I think my Northwest playlist, which is just like a lot of female rap Mm -hmm. bops. Um, but like, (laughs) also right when I got up to like where I was going, I went to have some dinner. I've had like these crackers and chicken salad and I dropped the entire chicken salad container on my seat and like in the crack of my seat. So I had to like, I've been driving for three hours and now I have to like clean this out. It was so annoying. (laughs) I was repulsed when that picture hit the group chat. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, understandably. And I gave it no context, too. You were like, what is this? What's that blob? Chicken salad? And you were like, yeah, chicken salad. Chicken salad. I, I can't believe you guessed. And then I I woke up at 4.30 in the morning and I had my book with me. So I just read for a while because it was like dark still, you know. And I had read for a while the night before. And you know what's crazy? I realized that in my car, if I turn on the lights in the back so I could like read, they automatically turned off after like 15 minutes. Genius. Battery efficiency. Isn't that wild? I was like, wow, this is so nice. I don't have to be like so stressed. Like trauma from childhood. Can't leave on a light in the car. The battery could die. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm uh, I'm literally so far away from civilization. I mean, other people came and hiked like the next day. But when I got there Friday night, there was just one car and I didn't think the people were there. And I'm pretty sure they weren't because I saw some people that had like backpacked in and camped the mm. next morning when I was like on my way up. 
they were all still asleep when I <laughs> trucked on past. LOL. But I, so I was reading um, Kelly Catrone's like first book. Do you know who Kelly Catrone is? No. Did you watch The Hills or The City ever? I mean, The Hills, I'm aware of. But you didn't watch. No. She was just like this, like she owns this PR company and um, called People's Revolution that like Whitney Port and I think Lauren Conrad worked at for a little while. Hmm. And, um, but mainly Whitney. And then it's like based in, there's offices in New York and LA. So then when Whitney Port had like her spinoff show, The City, Kelly Catron was a big part of it because I think she was still working at People's Revolution at the time or like really closely with them. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, but she's just like this little PR maven. And she was also a judge for like a few seasons toward the end of America's Next Top Model. Oh. But she's just like this little insanely blunt, like to the point of being controversial, um, very girl boss energy kind of lady. Um, Scorpio, raven black hair. Scary. Yeah, be scared. Be scared. She's a scary, she's a scary woman in a good way. Yeah. I just always like thought she was funny just with like her blunt comments. (laughs) You would. (laughs) I know. Speak truth to power. Speak truth to power. Um, so I read that and like the book was Is it an autobiography or like a (laughs) memoir? It was like a memoir, but like I could have used so many more stories about like her work. Like she's been like she's very um successful in PR in the industry and she's been doing it for I don't know 30 plus years and there were just like there were some stories there was this one story about how she was gonna well Donald Trump wanted to work with her PR company and she was like no because he um wanted or like after Mike Tyson had like beat up his wife or something mm-hmm. and then he Donald Trump said that he should have like a a fundraiser for women. Mike Tyson. Yeah, but Mike Tyson should be doing some like fight for women's, I don't know, like a women's shelter or something. I don't know what it was, but she just like thought that was despicable. And she told that to him when she like went to the interview. Yeah. And um, I don't there was this one thing about like this art exhibit that her and her husband, Ronnie Catrone, who w- worked at like the Warhol factory, I guess. Um, Whoa. Yeah. He was like a, this New York artist and th- that was her first husband. And she like did PR with him and they did like this um, art exhibit that was like all these nude people like fucking and um kissing and stuff because of I think this was in like the 70s early 80s maybe somewhere around there and like free speech being like a big deal Mm -hmm. and so they had like this like free speech exhibit of just like having people being nude bold honestly in Beyonce's yeah. America, where she's basically nude on the cover. I mean. Yeah, I think that was like a big, you know, like. Time, like a turning point in in that, though, is like kind of her point. 
Yeah, definitely. Like when all of a sudden it's sort of like no longer shocking, I guess. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very different to have like a naked body selling sex versus like what? An ankle, a shoulder, (laughs) like. And I just love selling sex. Sex sells and I love it. I want to buy it and I want to sell it and I want everything to do with that. Tell me more. Why is that? Um, Because I was born into sexualized America and I'm obsessed with it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Like, I don't know. I love it. I love people's bodies. Like, I love sex. I love, like, my own body. Like, I don't know. Like, I I love it. I I don't think that I stand on the right side of history in certain areas um, when it comes to this. Um, but I stand in my truth, (laughs) (laughs) like things like, and like, I know this is toxic, but like, I stand for like certain, like I stand by like selling sex with a business. I mean, that says everything about your branding. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I I hope it does. Honestly, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know that I have any like super coherent thoughts beyond like I don't know it's it's like one thing to sort of like sell sex as in like everyone's body because everyone is hot like right um full stop but well I think that's the thing like the lack of diversity yeah so it's just like certain bodies I think that's like the issue right it's like because it sells the idea that there's like one way to like be and the way that or the reason that, that is, is because then it's like, they want you to sell you all the things that will get you to like this one supposed perfect place, which is like, your skin needs to look this way. You need this kind of like workout equipment to like get your body to like, look like this, like versus like if sex selling was just like, everyone's hot, check out this like incredible body. And like, why are they sexy? It's because like, they enjoy the physicality of like existence. Like that to me sells like that's hot. But if you're trying to sell Agreed. me like a fucking bow flex because my body is supposed to like look like shredded like no babe that's not hot I mean I think both things can be hot but I don't think that like it should be limited for sure yeah exactly yeah um which is obviously like the huge problem with companies like Abercrombie being like only white eight-packed men yeah did you but, like that could be a part of your branding what Did you ever go to Abercrombie, like, in the mall? Like, yeah, but no. And, like, it was a little pre-my time. Like, it was really popular when I was, like, too young to care about it. Like, it's probably height of popularity was, like, what, around 2004 or something? Yeah. And I would have been in, like, fourth grade then, so. Yeah. For me, that was, like, ninth grade. Oh, yeah, you were in it. So in it, yeah. But I was also like, would walk in there and be like, ugh, because <laughs> it just smelled like cologne. So strong. Instant headache, for sure. It was an instant headache, definitely. Too dark. I, my issue was less the scent and more the lighting. I couldn't see anything in those stores. Oh, nothing. And also like the way that it was like, it was like a maze. It's like you had to like walk by. So annoying. Like a 20-year-old male model in UTC Shopping Center, San Diego. Mm-hmm. To like look at like a little t-shirt with like hen- like a Henley with like little tiny buttons 
yeah, for $45 yeah. when you're 14. <laughs> no. yeah. Working at Cold Stone Creamery. No, you're not spending your, your pitiful paycheck on that. No, I never. So like, I never bought in to Abercrombie. I think I've owned like a few things from Abercrombie in my life, like a few sweaters. And I think I own a parka from there still. Hmm. But um, I had like, you know, maybe one or two things from Hollister, but I did have a, quite a few items later in high school from American Eagle, which was never like me. It was just like what was popular at the time and like kind of like preppy Americana, I feel like was Stuff. popular when I was in high school, like post scene phase which was like my middle school era was seen like that was my high school phase deep scene i had a fucking mullet i am obsessed i straightened my hair every day that is a like i can't believe that and i've seen pictures but it's seeing you like i've only ever known you with like natural curly hair so to imagine you with straight hair is a shock unhinged yeah. yeah, but I, I loved it. I loved the scene days. I had the like swoopy hair for probably like six to eight years. I don't know, oh, a long time. So good. Yeah, it was fun. And I had Osiris's. Those were my favorite. Ooh, yeah. I was like very into like my little mullet. And um, my friends in high school would like shoplift from Sephora amongst other places. And mm. I had this little NARS palette of like a lime green shimmery and like a cobalt blue little eyeshadow. So I would do like a little vibrant eye look, flat That's iron cute. my little mullet. I, in high school was also very obsessed with like wild leggings. So I had a pair of forest green, like cheetah print leggings that I loved. I had a pair of like purple flower just like oh tights this is like before leggings even tights yeah I was like leggings that seems a little I know I had just kidding no no these were tights okay okay put those on put on like a banana yellow skirt an oversized sweater and green converse with like rainbow laces rainbow glitter laces call it a day call it a day do you think that any of the those elements from your high school fashion you incorporate today? Um, well, definitely like like a, a vibrant eye look. Like mm-hmm. if I'm wearing makeup, I will do like a vibrant, just like eyeliner. And yeah, like we're a going vibrant. for a, a party eye. Yeah. Or, you know, I'll, I'll dip into my little Fenty palette that has a lot of nice shimmers. And then, yeah, probably like, I mean, I have like a lot of leggings from the yoga days, but since I haven't, I mean, I still wear them when I'm like doing yoga at home, but they don't see the light of day as often. Yeah. So like, do you feel like um, yoga pant athleisure is like on its way out? Um, I don't know. And I think like I, I'm still someone who's like mostly working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can still kind of wear like, my pajamas or athleisure like do whatever but you're wearing that in the home and then when you leave the home are you typically wearing athleisure or no um if I'm going to ath then yeah if I'm going to Mm -hmm. leisure then no okay just because like I feel like I 
we're less athleisure now. And I'm I'm curious if, if that's trending. I feel like it is. I think it could be trending. I mean, part of me is also like, oh, I wonder if like now that like the Panera Bread is, it's still not over, but people mm-hmm. are outside more doing things. I yeah. think there's like, people have just been waiting to get their fits off for like literally years. Yeah, so. everyone was at home buying clothes with their what government money <laughs> and waiting to wear them out. Basically, yeah. Keeping Zara in business, unfortunately. Yeah, okay. So between Zara and H&M, which one clothing-wise would you, what like what's more your vibe, you think? Um, I think at this point, probably Zara. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I feel like Zara is coming back. Like for a while, their clothes were just like wild. And now they're, they, I feel like they've refined themselves again. Which is good. I mean, the dream would be for like all these like fast fashion conglomerates. I mean, it would have been incredible if they were just put out of business during the pandemic. That would never happen, but. I know, but there's just so much waste. So much waste comes from clothing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, fast fashion is an interesting development in technological history. It sure is. Probably not for the best, but I like to wear it. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's horrible for the environment, but I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm just trying to be realistic, you know? Be realistic. I mean, be you. I don't mind at all. You're on the pod. It's half your show today, babe. Well, I I do have a crazy story to tell you that you haven't heard yet. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm sitting down. I'm ready. Last week, I I went camping two weeks ago and it was like amazing. Talked about it on the pod. But <laughs> the day after recording, I went for a run and I had been like a little constipated from camping. I think it was the cigarettes, to be honest, because nothing else really in my routine was different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I drank some mezcal. But I mean, I would do that any other weekend. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, more of like a diuretic than a constipator. Mm -hmm. So I I go for this run and you've been here. You've been to the country out here in Washington. I sure have. So you know exactly what I'm talking about, which is ideal for this story. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm running down, you know, I'm going toward Bilsma, which is that road. That's like that gravel road out through the cornfields by my house. Yeah. Oh, I know just the road, you know, just the road. So if I run to the first corner down there and back, it's four miles. So I'm two miles deep. I'm like just about to get to that corner and I have to shit so Mm -hmm. bad. So I'm literally two miles away from my house but also one whole mile of it is through cornfields so pro and con i guess but there were like these people some might say yeah and i okay so i stopped running because i'm like i'll walk and i'll make it back and like i have done enough damage in my day to cornfields to feel like i needed to shit in them and i mean 
fertilizer but fertilizer and i don't know i just there were people around like there were some people yes because there were these people paragliding so they were flying above me i was like i don't feel comfortable taking a shit in this cornfield when people are flying above above the cornfields yeah they're they're out there they come around yeah there, I don't know who does it, but there's these people and they they do it relatively often. And I just picked the wrong day. So I'm walking. I've got two miles home. It's increasingly uh, problematic what is happening in my digestive tract. And I'm getting pretty close to this cemetery that is a little, you know, the cemetery. You've been on this hollowed ground. I have. And it's a little less than a mile from my house. And I'm like walking up the hill and there's this like probably like 10 year old girl like dragging out her trash can to the top of her driveway. And I'm walking past like, I have to shit so bad. I have to shit so bad. I have to shit so bad. I'm like, (laughs) I was like, I can't be near anyone right now. Like, and so I had noticed not very long ago. I mean, I've been going through the cemetery for literally like, my entire life and I find like recently noticed that there's a bathroom in the back and so once I get to the cemetery once I like enter it I start running to the back which escalates the problem like we are I thought <laughs> I was gonna blow the back door oh, out man. of these shorts oh yeah yeah and I get to the bathroom I think I'm in the clear mama I'm wrong that door is locked <laughs> oh my god which I did think could be like high probability but I was just hoping, you know, in the cemetery. I mean, oh, my God. Like, why lock it? You know. Also, the fact that this area, like, it's not like there's anyone. I don't know. Maybe some weird stuff has gone down in the cemetery bathroom. Before. Honestly, probably. And like, as someone who was a high schooler in the area, I could definitely see it happening. But there's this little half fence. So I just go behind that and drop trow and took a nice little cow pie-esque dump right there. (laughs) (laughs) Shit in the cemetery. Shit in in the cemetery. And I, it was... homage. (laughs) I hope they viewed it as such. And I, obviously the worst part of shitting not in a bathroom is the lack of toilet paper. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, the selection was slim where I because it was like a grassy area. And all I had was like the weeds growing next to this fence. But the rest of it was grass. And the first weed I grabbed was all spiky on the bottom. So I said, well, that's not going to work. I mean, good thing you didn't just go for it. Yeah, I tested the waters. Uh, One of the few times I've had forethought in my life. Yeah, great timing. So then I'm like, well, shit. And I look around and I see like this primo leaf. I'm like, this thing is, it's sizable. Like this is going to do me right. Pick it up. It's a plastic leaf that's blown over from the cemetery. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't think that's going to work. Like that's going to be cutting me up. It's not biodegradable. No. And then I look on my other side and lo and behold, there's just this old photograph of a couple that's witnessed my open hole. 
like, it's still out in the open. It's still out in the open and it's right behind me. They got a great view. Yeah. <laughs> Some people have to pay for that. They do. So then there were like these little lily pad-esque um, weeds nearby and they were my best option. Like they could have been bigger, but they were what I had. So I just wadded a few of those together. And if anyone needs a sign to trim their asshole hairs, let this be the sign because I was being lazy. Hear the message. Hear the message. I've been like, you might find yourself shitting in a cemetery and think, wow, I really should have shaved my asshole before this one. And now, you know, I mean, did you go home and shave your asshole? I do have to say it's been almost two weeks uh, since this happened and I have not. (laughs) (laughs) But when I say hear the message, I'm looking right at you. You need to hear the message. I need to hear the message. And I'm, it needs to get into the Ren regime, this trimming. Okay. Because it's falling by the wayside. Look, trimming, it is a chore. It's I'll say that, you know, the chore and the, like, you have to, the, I always remember when I'm like in the shower and I'm like, well, now I'm wet and I'm showering and I'm going to be showering after, but I should just get over it one day and do it anyway. Yeah. But when that day is, who can say? Who can say? So I'm just out there, you know, bunching lily pad weeds and wiping this nasty ass asshole hair it's so gross stringy disgusting (laughs) wet shit like I don't recommend and I've even shit outside since this I mean you were just camping I was camping and I did shit outside but I had toilet paper with me so maybe that's an alternative always carry toilet paper with you always yeah I mean that's not a bad idea a napkin at least yeah something James's sister, Allie, um, she said that she was listening to like a recent episode um, and she works um, in a funeral home and there was like a service going on and she was like listening and laughing (laughs) while the service was going on. (laughs) So um, the afterlife have been really impacted by the pod lately. Yeah. Shout out to the spirits. Shout out to the spirits. I, I think they just wanted uh, to know, let it be known that they're supporting. I mean, probably a beautiful flower is going to bloom directly from that cow pie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I it's like I've been single, so and I haven't been having sex. So the trimming really is like one of my lowest priorities currently. Yeah, who could care? That's like very low on the regime. You just need to find someone who like doesn't care about the hair. But like I care, like I will do it if I knew I was going to. Well, not if I was just going to like hook up with someone one time. I don't care that much. Like it's not like a vanity thing. It's just like I feel like sex is better with it all nice and tight. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Feel a little bit more sensation. And I like there for a reason, you know? That's true. But like in that moment, I was like, you know, they say that this shit is here for a reason. But like what? Because it is just making my job currently like way more disgusting and hard than it needs to be. I mean, hair is like a protective barrier. No. And like allegedly, allegedly. Well, my favorite thing about hair, body hair is like the fact that in like the I guess like maybe like late 1800s, early 1900s, razor companies weren't selling enough razors. 
And so they started this like marketing campaign about like women being more feminine if they didn't have like leg hair. Yeah. And so that is why women started shaving their legs. Hmm. Basically uh, just to, like, yeah, stand up the razor industry. It all goes back to marketing. Get Kelly Catron in. We I need- would love to. Yeah. Let's talk to her about asshole hair. I, I think she would love to talk about asshole hair. I will just say the, the other thing about Kelly Catron's book is that she, uh, so much of it was about spirituality, which was just not what I was expecting or what I needed from her. <laughs> but I respect her journey and it it was fine. Interesting. It was a short book at least. And it, it read quickly. So it wasn't bad. It was just like, it was kind of not what I was expecting. Yeah. I... Also just got a um, tattoo this week from Sarah. And oh my God. Yeah. she had to shave my, like it's on my thigh. And so she had to shave the area obviously before tatting it. And I was like, holy shit. Like you can see muscle definition so much more when your body's um, shaved. I'm like, I have like this thick leg hair like everywhere. So I just kind of look like a blob, but I'm like, wow, these legs are like a nice with like the blob, the, the last adjective I would use for you, but um, <laughs> well, comparatively, yeah, perhaps I will say that my calves look incredible. Mm-hmm. I have had past partners say that my calves alone gave them a boner. So, whoa, look. You've seen the definition. They're bonerific. Um, and they wouldn't know that as well if your legs weren't shaven, probably. Probably. So yeah. That would get in the way of your sex life for sure. Yeah, this is a great example of when the patriarchy does in fact work for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, muscle definition though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're here for it. But I didn't I wanted- know that people like boned out to calves. Um, but I do want to talk about Casey, your boyfriend, because I feel like I do these polls on my Instagram and we're often just having to reach across the aisle because we aren't on the same side. <laughs> and I really don't want him to think that they're personal attacks. And the most recent one being Lush versus Bath and Body Works was not oh intentional my on my behalf. I'm sure he came for you. But it, I knew what I was doing. I'll say that. You were baiting him. I was baiting him a little. He is keeping Bath and Body Works in business, but only when they're having sales. Which is um, fair. This man's collection of Bath and Body Works scandals is unmatched, astounding. I was, I I knew he was like a big Bath and Body Works guy. He sent me numerous candles from them, which I love all of them. And you reciprocated. And I reciprocated. I've bought him a candle and I'm sure there's more in his future, but like, I didn't understand the obsession. Like I knew he was obsessed, but I didn't understand until I went to his home on this last trip. And there was truly at least 40 of them. Oh, do we have a count yeah. on them? I haven't counted them yet, honestly. But one of like when we first started dating, one of the first memes I made was of like him and his cat against a backdrop of like dozens of Bath and Body Works candles. Okay. And that was before I had been to his apartment. And then I went to his apartment and I was like, oh my God. That's literally the meme. It's literally real. Like we could, 
can just take an actual picture of you in your apartment right now. <laughs> yeah. Let me knew? just tell you what he did today. Today, okay. I'm like at his apartment. I'm looking out the window. It's kind of windy. And I say, oh, it's windy. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's kind of like fall. And then he like is like, you know what that means? And like walks out to like the living room. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And he's like, look over there. And I'm like, where? And he's like, a little down. I'm like, oh, a desk school like look over there a heater like it's gonna get cold like mo- actually I didn't say that that would have been more obvious anyways I'm like looking around and I'm like what are you trying to point out I don't understand and then he's yeah, like yeah. then I finally look at the candles and he's like that's right the best sense of the year <laughs> the know. best sense of the year weather F- fresh fall morning I was like what He's like, yeah, the best ones. He takes this so seriously. Like, well, the last time he gave me a candle, he was like, this is for you, but you can't light it until spring. I got it for my birthday, which is in February. And I (laughs) wasn't allowed to light it until spring. And I will say I waited and I respect, I respect matching sense to vibes and seasons and all of it. Like, I respect that more than crystals. I'll say it. I... Love that. You think crystals match your energy? No, it's Bath and Body Works candles. Bath and Body Works candles. Here's the thing. I have become a convert. I love the scent that you sent me. And we recently went on a little buying spree and got some very amazing scents. Like, I'm going to say it. I'm impressed. I'm impressed too. I hadn't had a Bath and Body Works candle. Like, I'm out there buying Marshall's up. I'm buying those DNW branded ones, $7 a candle love, but I didn't. And I've, you know, I've been to an anthropology. I've been to like an overpriced store selling me a candle before I've smelt them. Haven't been that impressed, especially for the prices bath and body works. Yeah. For a candle at anthropology, $48 for a candle at a bougie plant store. Yeah. No, but the bath and body works candle, they stand up. They, they melt impeccably. Like they have such an even, this is what I really like about them. They melt down like perfectly evenly, which mm. is incredible. It's rare. It's rare. And you're definitely not finding that in those $5 candles from Target. I have some of those that burnt down one side. You got half a candle left. Half a whole. Yeah. What are you going to do? Melt that down? Make another candle? No, you I won't to do so. You sure right. won't. Yeah, I've been very impressed with the Bath and Body Works candles. He also is like a huge fan of the soap. So he will have like two different soaps in the bathroom. Um, Right now he has Daisy and Denim and some citrus one. They do smell amazing. I'll I'll give him that. Okay, so when I was like doing this poll, I was thinking about how Bath and Body Works was the it like self-care store of the 2000s and then lush was like the it self-care store of the 2010s mm-hmm. and now we're in the 2020s and i am deeply curious about what this store is gonna be and i feel like there's a gap currently like i don't feel like anyone's filling the hole that lush is like it's still prominent bath and body works is still something but i i feel like there's room for something new and i haven't seen it yet I don't know. Part of me wonders if it's like Etsy, like, 
where there's like lots of small makers, but that's like the centralized place where people are getting a lot of like different like little items. I'm going to say no, but (laughs) in a similar vein, what I did think of is like, there are all these celebrity brands now. So I'm like, maybe it's just diversified in that sense of like, people are buying these like individual brands now much more because well goop yeah but I feel like goop is too pretentious and like rich to be consumed by mass Mm -hmm. populace yeah yeah but yeah similar like goop definitely started it you know what's fascinating though Hmm. goop has like I want to get the numbers right, but from the top of my head, it has less followers. And I want to say like half as many followers as Poosh, which is Kourtney Kardashian's like knockoff goop where it's like very like health, wellness, like lifestyle online presence. Yeah. Where it's kind of like less so about their products and more about like recommending stuff and, you know, but isn't that wild? Because Poosh isn't that old. Like it mid. Hold on. Let's see. Poosh. Like, this is the first time I'm even hearing about it. I didn't know about this. That's the thing. If you're not, I mean, I guess that's the power of the Kardashians. But like, if you don't watch the Kardashians, I don't think anyone knows what Poosh is. 4.7 million followers. Wow. On Instagram. And uh, which again is just Instagram. That's only one marker. Goop only one point seven. I wonder. Yeah. But tell me anyone who doesn't know what Goop is. I mean, I'm sure there's some. Like I could think of some, but like yeah, it's just compared a- to Poosh. Yeah. I guess it's just like much. People know it because it's like a joke. But I mean, right. it seems true. like Gwen is making money, so. For sure, but I was just kind of shocked by that. I mean, I am shocked, but I think it's also the power of the Kardashians. Like, yeah, but also just like with influencers and all this stuff, like influencers get millions of followers and Goop is a pretty huge brand. And Gwyneth Paltrow, along with Goop, is like super famous. Like, I'm just surprised. And it's been around for a while. But maybe that's the difference. Like, it's been around since before, like the age of having like tons of like IG followers. Yeah, maybe that is the difference. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it makes me think about like certain videos on like YouTube have like trillions of views, right? Mm-hmm. But then if you look back at videos that were so popular, like when we were like in middle school and high school that like had they been on YouTube, then they would have like the same kind of views, but they don't because it was like, they kind of like missed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always think about that with like music and streaming. Like what would the, what would the kind of numbers that like, early Britney Spears would have been because album sales are just not comparable anymore. So I'm curious what those like streaming numbers would have been. And oh, I mean, Brit would have annihilated it for sure. I'm just always curious about that. I think about that a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wonder how is Brit? Like, have you been, I've been, I've been following on the gram, of course. And I, yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. I mean, what did she just post that I was very obsessed with? Please hold. But what were you going to say? Well, like, 
we're in a problematic space and I need to check in with like this K-Fed stuff. Did you listen to the last step of the pod? I did not. Okay. Like K-Fed did this big interview with like some British outlet and his kids are in it. And he's saying all this stuff about Brittany and about how the kids were the ones that didn't want to go to the wedding of her and Sam. And they're kind of like distancing themselves. And then after that, K-Fed said that the family agreed to release these videos and release these videos where Brittany is yelling at the kids. What? And a lot of people are defending her of like, you know, this is just like being a mom. Like you snap, you get frustrated. Like you yell at your kids, like they're being annoying. And like, I agree with that, uh, you know, overall, but I do think like her behavior is a little strange. I think her behavior overall is a little strange, but I also don't think that you should be releasing videos of this woman's personal life when that's like literally what has given her so many issues oh yeah she's been put through the ringer so traumatic so yeah that's pretty fucked um but i the videos are down and like her attorney made like a pretty strong statement and i don't know i haven't i think the interview is now up to be watched that KFED did and I'd be curious to watch it but I haven't yet I kind of forgot about it honestly and I don't know I think it's really unfortunate that he I'd like I just like let Brittany live her life you know it, at this point if you don't have anything nice to say like just don't say it because even if it's true like she has all these like family issues that are constantly bring, brought up in the public sphere and like can no one that is associated with her like keep anything private? No. no. The answer is no. But she did post this video of her like dancing um, in a studio that was sick. And I heard, I saw on one of the like fan pages on IG that allegedly that Elton John song in with Britney is supposed to come out um, like this Friday. Maybe that's the thing I was obsessed with. I think it was on It's Britney Meme. And it's like mm. a tiny, tiny Britney doing her classic spin. Yes, so good. He's literally a tiny dancer. Yeah, amazing. Which is like what they wanted to name the song, I guess. Or what Britney wanted to name it. But it's Hold Me Closer, I think. Which sounds more like a Britney song. Yeah, definitely. I'm so excited. Wait. And I heard that she's uh, recorded other music too. <gasps> I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of, oh, wait, you just gasped like you had something to say, though. Yeah, because I was gonna be like, we haven't even talked about the new Megan album. Okay. See, it's just been so busy. I listened to it immediately when it came out. I like it. Let me pull it up on my phone. Let's pull like re- rejigger some memories. Um, do you have any hot comments off the top? I mean, I will just say I loved this album so much more than um, Good News. Oh, you fully agree. Like, it felt like Good News. Like, it was just like, oh, my God, like, her, like, label is just trying to capitalize. And it just feels like Traumazine, she's coming back to herself. Oh, I didn't even know that's what it was called. I've been reading it traumatized the entire, like, I've seen this 20 times and I just keep saying it's traumatized, but it is trauma zine. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. I mean, I really like Not Nice, Mm -hmm. Um, Budget with Lotto. 
consistency, like I, Pressurelicious, a bop, I would say. Yeah, I liked Pressurelicious. I remember that. Yeah. Not nice. Ungrateful. I liked a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I actually liked this pretty well. Like overall, I thought it was really good. There were like a few songs I didn't love. Red Wine, I feel like was one of them. Yeah. Um, and Some of I, them were a little bit filler, but I will say that yeah. like on this, there are more hits. It's more Megan than um, Good News was. Good News was a little rough. It it was very um, mediocre for Megan, I would say. Like definitely some bobs in there. It's good songs that I love to have, but I bought that on CD and I am a little disappointed that I did TBH because I don't buy very many CDs, usually like one or two a year. So yeah. Well, and now you have Demi, which I'm assuming the CD. I did buy the CD and it's phenomenal. I buy every CD that Demi releases because I'm obsessed with her. I think she is such a fucking star. Like her vocal capabilities are phenomenal and she has such a unique voice i am obsessed i've been obsessed with her for a long time yeah it's true something for the hotties i was like not an album technically but it was so fucking good good. better than trauma zine to me um i fucking love something for the hotties that yeah I think that, that has, has some of my favorite album art from Meg. Did you see oh, that she just performed beautiful. in Tokyo dressed as Sailor Moon? I sure did. It was so cute. So cute. However, I am upset that she didn't have the full skirt. I was like, why does she only get a skirt in the front? Like, mm, yeah, commit. Commit to the skirt. Like, you're still going to get the ass. Like, I just, it just yeah. looked like a white bodysuit from the back, but then like Sailor Moon from the front. It just, the cognitive dissonance. It was too much for me. It's something for the Sailor Moon stands, which I am not, but I know there's a lot of them out there. So that's cute. And she's very into like anime and stuff, which is fun. Oh, I am a Sailor Moon stan. I'm here. Sailor Jupiter has always been that girl. Um, Is Sailor Moon considered anime? Yeah. Okay. It started as a manga and then became an anime. Okay. Yeah. I'm just not familiar with it at all. Like I know basically nothing about anime it's not something that I've ever gotten into don't think I will but I have nothing bad to say about it yeah I'm just muting myself because do you hear that horn I do actually hear that horn outside (laughs) um they're stressing me out but um yeah so the moon is anime I used to watch it with the sisters and cousins after school um every day and what network was that on um cartoon network okay yeah so it'd be like dragon ball z and then sailor moon and sailor moon i mean fighting evil by moonlight winning love by daylight never running from a real fright wow she's the one named sailor moon she was i like that she's always there to defend she is the one on who you can depend she's the one named sailor moon she is the one named Sailor Moon. Yeah, we're obsessed. Um, I won't get into like the whole storyline, this whole saga. Just let it be known that the like the villains are so hot, like okay. so cool. My favorite villains are Dead Moon Circus, where you have all of these like I guess like aliens or like people from like you know another time traveling back in time to fight Sailor Moon. 
Um, and they just have like the sickest outfits of all time. And like the, 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 the sailor scouts are all named after different planets. So you're getting a bit of like an astrology lesson as well. The better, you know, the scouts. So I do love that. Yeah. So I would recommend dip your toes in. Um, it's good stuff. And we love that Meg was dressed as Sailor Moon. It was so cute. Yeah. Wrapping it up. Yeah. Very obsessed. Um, so I've been watching uh, the All-Stars, All-Winners season of Drag Race over the weekend. Mm. Um, it's been over for a few weeks, but I am, you know, just slow to catch up. But something that came up on a recent episode that I watched that I thought was fascinating and didn't know is that, did you know that the Swedish singer Tovlo her name is Tuvalu. Ew. Yeah, that's how they say it in Sweden, I guess. Tu- Tuvalu. Tuvalu. So that was um, a little mind-blowing moment for me. <laughs> that is, I guess it was very disrespectful for me to say ew, but. Yeah, I mean, it happens. <laughs> I guess I just don't like that it rhymes with toodaloo, you know, like, bye, toodaloo. Toodle. Yeah, like, I've got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. Yeah. 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 You're a bit of a British lass. Commonwealth babe. Anywhere babe. Have you seen, how much RuPaul have you seen? Look, bits and bobs. Yeah. Bits and bobs in it. I know the history of RuPaul because they're from San Diego. And yeah. Actually, RuPaul has a very interesting story. Um, He used to be, like, punk. Like, he, like, moved to Atlanta and was, like, in a punk band Hmm. um, before he, like, moved to New York and became became an oil baron. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Essentially, of drag. Um, Well, his partner, I, I don't know if they're married or not, but like owns a ton of oil fields in like Wyoming or some shit. That's why really? they're so rich. Ew. <laughs> oh yeah. That is actually disgusting. Sorry, Tuvalu. <laughs> what oh. does Tuvalu have to do with this? Uh, because I just said ew again. Oh yeah. But this one, you actually mean it. I actually mean it. Yeah, no, the first ew was just like a shock. Yeah. Which, it's fine. You don't have to like it, to be honest. That's true. But I do respect it. I respect it, too, and I don't like it. So I think that's why I'm defending you. <laughs> I just feel like Tovlo. Hot, sexy, Hot. cool, fresh. Still Tuvalu. different. Like, yeah. what's Tovlo? No fucking clue, but better than Tuvalu. Yeah. Too many syllables. But if I was, like, Swedish and, like, that was my vibe. Like I, Tuvalu was probably like the raddest shit out there. Like what, I don't know what the fuck it means, but. Or it might mean like Stacy Smith. Like we don't fucking know. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. See if I can find what it means. Do it. It's probably like literally just like not even anything. Tuvalu. Okay. Given to her, a nickname given to her at age three by her godmother because of her love for lynxes. Lou, singular in Swedish, I think is a lynx. Oh. And there was a lynx named 
Tuve, really hard to say, uh, that I totally fell in love with, she said. Well, that's really cute. Wow. We love. And that her new song um, that, again, you know, the lyrics, the imagery always escapes me. But you pointed out is all about what what's the pegging to die for such a good song a fucking bob but you said it's all about pegging tell me more about this because you you witnessed it okay so i mean the song is all about like okay correct me if i'm wrong but i just remember it being about like trying something new and like Mm -hmm. exploring blah 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 and then the video yeah like to me i thought she was just talking about like going on vacation it's very like i'm exploring we're going new places. I'm loving it. But like, yeah, but I thought it was too. the new places were Hawaii. Yeah. Which also like questionable to visit because neocolonialism in Hawaii specifically. But no, the video is her just like wandering around the desert with like a huge dildo. Wild. Just like wearing a huge dildo in like a shiny outfit, like a shiny little bodysuit thing. And yeah. a big shoe just glimmering in the sun. Which you did say, and which is on loop, on repeat. So how I missed it, unclear, but I didn't notice it at all. Talk about a shock. I feel like that would be something you would notice and have <laughs> commentary just, on. Surely didn't. And I honestly don't have that much commentary on. I mean, I love it. I have, you know, I, I guess I could peg someone if I like tucked my dick back, but that sounds uncomfortable. And unnecessary, but you know, get into it if that's what you want. Um, but since I can just fuck with a penis, that's what I do. But yeah. and and, the, and those are waters you've explored. Yeah, I've pegged someone. And how was it? It was kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, it was with this Swiss guy. So his nickname was Swiss Miss. Swiss. And um. Yeah, I don't know. I was just feeling kind of exploratory and he was like really into it. So he brought over his own like toys and okay. so he supplied. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was like interesting. I there wasn't like a lot of like an emotional connection. So I wasn't like necessarily feeling like the Tuvalu song around like, wow, incredible to be exploring all these different places with you. But I was mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, oh, that was fun. That was cool. It felt um, more like Orange County than Albuquerque. <laughs> I mean, it probably was like more of a Sedona. Oh, that's pretty exploratory. Yeah, maybe it was like Flagstaff, actually. Sure. All right. Yep. <laughs> like you're getting some Grand Canyon, but you're not having like a spiritual awakening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Heard. But you're like, oh, nature's beautiful, you know? Yeah, it's real pretty up there in Flagstaff. A yeah. great place to peg. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> in case anyone wanted to know, the, the takeaways from today's app are shave your hole and peg in Flagstaff. That's right. <laughs> you can quote us on that. <laughs> But okay, so he supplied. Were you like looking specifically for this, or like how did, was he just like, would you be into this? Um, I was definitely curious, but he was also like really trying to find someone to peg him. Okay, 
And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I would love to try anything once. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so that's kind of a, how it went down. Um, and yeah, had a good time. It was fun. But then, like most cishet males, he left me on red. And mm. yeah, after the next day, and then had the audacity to like text me three weeks later to be like, hey, gorgeous. Ew. To which block? what like just don't call me gorgeous like feel free to like attempt to pick things up and maybe i'll respond but like don't act like you've been wanting me the whole time yeah exactly and well and it's also just like i don't know at the end of the day like i don't have to have someone else peg me you know i have a vibrator that like is just fine so it was very much like a it was funny because it was like you put in so much work to find someone to peg you and then I just don't understand the phenomenon of like being left on red after like you've like already hooked up. But also you pegged him. Yeah, exactly. So like that's not an opportunity you're always getting. Yeah, but I feel like based on what I was seeing on the apps, like there's like a lot more desire to be pegged. Mm-hmm. It was and out there. You could find it. There's a talk shortage in the community. You know, mm-hmm. this is what I'm hearing. So... Yeah, I think there is definitely a little bit more of a need on his end than mine. So I'm like, I don't gotcha. need you to like text me back or need you to call me gorgeous. I do need you to be like decent if you expect me to want to see you again. Sure. Yeah. But that's just me, you know? It's just you. I hope that he found someone that pegs him as often as they want, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure... If that's what he wants, he'll find it. I mean, it's the Bay Area. There's plenty of burners that will definitely peg him. I'm not oh, worried. There's no shortage in the Bay Area. No. Absolutely. He'll probably do it wearing a little unicorn horn, you know? Yeah, which he might even like even more. Yeah, exactly. Did you see that Tommy Lee um, posted a dick pic on Instagram? Like on purpose? like on the feed <laughs> on purpose yeah Is and i think it was captioned like oops or something <laughs> oh my god i need to look at this did you watch pam and tommy no but i heard good things and like i want to watch it i'm very curious um i think i would like it oh you would be obsessed i binged it it was so oh, you good did. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to hear more, but I do just have to say that Grinder commented and said, wrong app, babe. <laughs> LOL. But it got taken down like pretty quickly. Um, I, It was up for like a few hours, though, I think. Wow. Long enough for Grinder to comment on it. Well, there you go. Um, But I do want, after you uh, get your eyes on this sausage, I want to hear some of your thoughts from Pam and Tommy. Okay. I'm still googling i found it real quick when i looked for it but that was pretty soon after but you know maybe the censorship's gotten to it we need kelly catrone to have another art exhibit with her ex-husband exactly like now it's been a week lol i guess like the fact that he like did post his dick on ig and is like oops is very like on brand okay well now it's being blurred out. So I'm going to just try and find this, but um, 
Yeah, Pam and Tommy, I think I had so little knowledge of like how this like went down, but it was like the first viral sex tape ever. Um, And it was like happening at the beginning of the internet. And it just did such a good job kind of like, kind of showing like how that phenomenon happened and how like there weren't protections in place and like so much of like what becomes sort of like property of like the commons um, and like what you have to do to like protect your image. And it is really devastating of like what happened to like Pam, you know, just like the Canadian sweetheart trying to, you know, make her way in the world. And yeah, Tommy Lee was like a fucking asshole, but they had this like really wild chemistry. So it's like very easy to see how all of that played out. But and she know that they were filming though when they filmed the sex tape. Oh yeah. I mean, but it was meant to just be for them. Well, was... right. I just didn't I mean, that's another layer that happens sometimes. Yeah, no, totally. But no, she was like fully aware and um what happened was basically this carpenter who was working on Tommy Lee's house, like Tommy Lee hadn't paid him and like owed him thousands of dollars and refused to pay him, threatened him with like a gun. And so he went in and like um, stole this safe that had the sex tape in it. Um, And so from there, he like tried to make like a ton of copies and sell the copies, but then um, someone posted it like, posted it online so they could stream it. And then it just became this thing of like, because there were so many copies everywhere, it was impossible to like get it back. And it didn't matter if they had the original back. Um, And at that time, like the only way that they could like make money was in order to like license it to a particular company who could then say like, we have the official license to this footage. Everywhere else is like a bootleg. Um, And so you could like sue for like, copyright infringement (laughs) so basically they had to like license their home video to this company that was streaming it um did they make that decision together yeah but it basically like destroyed their marriage and who can say like what would have happened regardless but it's like i can't imagine that stress on like a new couple any couple yeah and this carpenter was that like seth rogan yeah okay very incredible. Um, yeah, because I did see the trailer and like I know a little bit about the story, but definitely not the details. Yeah, it's really good. And I will say that, yeah, Seth Rogen was great. I was very impressed. Meanwhile, over here, I'm still trying to find the dick. I tried looking for it too. And all the pictures that I found were like blurred out too. Uh, whatever. It's probably fine. I guess it's funny though, like being this desperate to see. It's just like being curious now that you know it's out there. It's also just funny that it's like if someone shows, like if they're wearing like a full shirt and like their nipples are like hard, like that will get flagged and taken down immediately, no questions asked. But like Tommy Lee's full dick is on Instagram for like a day. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't up for a day, but yeah, it was up for like longer than you would think for sure. I mean, it is like curious because I like when you do captions on your videos on Instagram, like it bleeps everything out. That's like a curse word. And I see people on like TikTok and stuff like if they like this one girl spelled cunt, but she spelled it C-V-N-T. And it's like, 
I could see that for like certain words, but like you're putting cunt in your video. Like just put, just spell it correctly. Like you're the one doing it at that point. But like, I'm sure it would get flagged for different things or like whatever, but. They just want to get flagged. I just don't understand like what the lines even are. Like what are you allowed to do on these apps? And like, why are there rules? Um, I mean, because if there weren't, it would just be like flagrant hate speech and like, <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> like sexist rants, like totally fucked. And yeah, but you know that I mean, shit is up there happened. anyway. It already happened, but yeah, but it would be even more, right? Because it's like under the banner of like free speech, it's like the idea that anyone can say anything without like retribution. So it's yeah, like the yeah. rules are kind of like retribution. It's like if you want to have like access to like talk with like friends and like other people it's like then don't be like a trash bitch yeah i just think it's interesting too with like monetizing videos on youtube and shit and like you can't say like certain words or phrases or curse words and i'm like that's just so but it also has to do with like american like puritanical values yeah obviously i just like i'm waiting for the day when people are over that aspect of things (laughs) I don't know, babe, like Roe v. Wade just got turned over. So I don't know if we're going to be getting away from the puritanical values anytime soon. not going to be able to say cunt on YouTube anytime soon. Oh, I'm like nervous that I'm not going to be able to have a credit card anymore as a woman. You know, like we're not that many generations removed from like women not being able to open their own fucking bank accounts. That's a good point. In fact, we are one generation (laughs) removed. They were like allowed to start opening them in the 70s, I believe, or 60s. Independently. Yeah. Because before they could have, they could be on a joint account. Yeah. But it had to be with a man. Yeah. Obviously. Actually, let me, I'm going to be double checking this, fact checking. That is fascinating. I always just find it so interesting too, that like banking is a thing that like most religions are opposed to. And yet it is the most like, I mean, everything in the world depends on banking. Like, it's the most prevalent thing in culture, even though, like, you know, most religious documents are, like, against banking. Making money on money is, like, inherently evil, according to religion, which everything else people want to, like, base backward shit on, but... (laughs) Not not banking. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like in Islam, like usury is illegal. So usury is like um, interest accruing. So yeah, if, and obviously like there are like plenty of loopholes to like get around that and like people right. still do that, but it's still seen as like immoral to like have someone pay you interest on a loan that they take out. Yeah. Versus here, it's, like, very much, like, if you ever, like, need any money, like, you are, um, yeah. It's just, it's really expensive to be poor, is what I will say, to keep it short. Yeah, it absolutely is. I did not prepare any statements on, like, finances, so. (laughs) I mean, don't feel any pressure to make them. Yeah, but I do. Yeah, I think it's just, like, the cherry picking, right? I think, like, a lot of, like, I mean, that's just like America. Like, let's just like take the parts of this that like work best for us and codify it into law. 
and ignore everything else. Cause it's like, there's plenty of like weird stuff in the Bible that we don't like follow. Well, right. Which, yeah, I think like growing up and being gay and like just that being something that is brought up in a religious sense of being like not okay. And then there's all this like other dumb shit in the Bible, like, you know, stuff you're not supposed to eat, how you're supposed to make clothes, you know, just random shit like that. Yeah. That no one follows, obviously. Yeah. I mean, very strict certain religious sects do, but most people. Fundamentalists, but not that many. Yeah. Or like Orthodox Judaism. Fascinating creatures. Let me tell you that when I was living in New York, I, um, well, no, actually I should say it's not Orthodox, um, Hasidic Jews. When I lived in Brooklyn, I lived really close to this like Hasidic Jewish neighborhood and they own a ton of real estate all over. And in this like one part of South Williamsburg, um, it's super dense and there's like a lot to say about this community. Um, and like, it's kind of like your classic, I don't know, like women are subservient um, to men completely, like a lot of like modesty culture, tons of like Hasidic women wear wigs because only their husband is allowed to like see their hair. Mm. Um, all of this kind of stuff. Um, and there was one night where I was walking home from, um, a little Spanish class and I walked through this neighborhood and it was kind of scary because, um, there a few years before there was a bike lane that was painted like, um, along Bedford Avenue, which is like one of the longest streets in Brooklyn, like heavily bike trafficked and like the people in this Hasidic Jewish neighborhood, like hated it so much. They didn't want like, um, Gentiles to be like in their neighborhood, uh, especially not women showing their legs and shoulders, but they painted over the bike lane. Um, and then these like, um, bike activists like went back and repainted it. And the bike activists were the ones that got in trouble. Anyways, they also, there's like stories of like, there being like pedophilia and like, trafficking happening um within that community specifically or in that community specifically and so anyways it's nighttime I'm walking home and I don't even know what whatever it's story time I had to forget what my brain thought of this but um it's nighttime I'm walking home from this class and um this Hasidic guy comes up to me and is like can you help me turn something on and I was like what he's like I need I need and help turning something on. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I like followed him to his apartment. But as I was walking, I Into was Into like, his apartment? Yeah. Uh, you've <laughs> lost it. <laughs> I know. I know. Maybe I forget why I'm talking about this. Were we talking about something being scary or doing something? We were scary? talking just about um, strict religions and how they abide by religious law. Okay. Well, here we go. This is then exactly this is why I'm talking about this. Yeah. So in fact, you know, on um, the Shabbos, technically you're not allowed to like 
use electronics or like turn anything on right like you're not Mm -hmm. supposed to do any labor yeah and so having that context I was like okay turning something on like you literally aren't allowed to turn something on like sure I'll go turn something on if it's like against your religion to to do that like I can do that why not sure but then as I was walking into the apartment (laughs) or like into the building I was like oh my god people get disappeared all the time here no one would see me nobody would have known that I was walking through this neighborhood if anything were to happen to me like I'm a gentile so nobody gives a fuck about me so I was a little bit like nervous but I was also like whatever I'm already in here you're already Um, in yeah but then I go into this apartment and um his wife and like three kids are like standing around this like thing that looks like a one of those big old alarm clocks from the 90s okay and they were like help can you turn this on and I was like what is that (laughs) (laughs) it's our noise canceling machine (laughs) so I like go to press the thing that looks like the on button and they're like no 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 not that button that one (laughs) oh my gosh like turn it on and it starts making this little like like not even that loud and they were like oh my god thank you they didn't say oh my god they were like you so much like they were so grateful you're like you could have just like left the windows open for 10 minutes and gotten a few flies in here babe yeah (laughs) it would be as much noise as this little machine (laughs) basically give you a little more ambiance even yeah but the outdoors in they were so happy they gave me half a babka wow what's a babka it's like a chocolate swirl bread like think of like a cinnamon swirl loaf but it's chocolate Oh and my God, that does sound good. Kind of like flaky. Oh my God. Sometimes I think, and I don't mean this to be like disrespectful, but like, how the fuck do people believe in religion? Boredom. I don't know. Boredom. And like, I get it in the sense, and like, I, I think spirituality and stuff like kind of makes sense, but like religion, you know, like the rules, the regulations, the like, hierarchies i'm like i don't understand like people who there are a lot of people who are even like pretty logical seem to find logic in something that i find like just not logical at all and i just find that interesting yeah i mean i think part of it is just like humans love certainty like they like love the idea that things will be like stable and unchanging And I think there's like a lot of comfort in the idea of, oh, if I follow the rules, then things will be okay. Uh, But that's the thing that doesn't make sense to me because I'm like constantly things in life are problematic. Yeah. And like the rules won't make sense. But I think that's also just like the idea of like, oh, even when I get off track, I can like start going back to my rules again. Like it's it's a very regime. (laughs) Well, Because if you fall off, then maybe some bad things happen. But if you get back on, then bad things won't happen. But it's different because the Ren regime is very much like I'm taking control. I'm being self-disciplined. Here's the thing that I have identified that I want versus religion being like a here's the thing that you should think is important. And if you don't think it's important, you are going to hell. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, for all of eternity. Right. I think it's like the same dynamic, honestly. It's mine is well it's like I don't make let myself feel bad if 
well, you can't fall off the regime, number one. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but, first first. <laughs> if you fall off, you're not on it. And therefore, you're not a part of it. So it yeah. literally is religion. Yeah. <laughs> you're excommunicated. Yeah. But I I mean, I, it's like I studied religion in college. So it's like I understand all of this. And it still just like baffles me. Yeah. I feel like the more I studied it, the less it made sense, to be honest. I mean, I think like... Well, my friend Allison and I were talking about this today. And um Is that, that talking- Leo that lives near you that we went to the farmar with? That's right. The okay. one in- love. It was just her birthday. <gasps> lit. Very lit. Happy birthday. Um, that's right. Um, but we were talking about this, like she'd gone to church. She was talking about like um this like priest that she'd gone to when she was like in high school or something. Mm-hmm. Um, who was like a Jesuit. And you know the intellectuals of the Christian Catholic world. Church. That's right. And um, yeah, she had this like phrase that she liked from him that I don't remember at all. But um, <laughs> it was kind of it was just like interesting because we were talking about like church being interesting if it's happening with someone who is like I think socially aware and critical and kind of just like open to debating like the ethics of existence um and it being kind of like an open question that like you're all collectively exploring Mm -hmm. versus it being like a here's how things are like you're fucked if you see it the wrong way yeah i think that's just like the thing of like putting your beliefs on someone else is like more the problem i guess Again, row. <laughs> yeah, big time. Big time. Big mackerel. Big tuna. Big kahuna. Tovalu. <laughs> Tovalu with Rofi Wade. Tovalu <laughs> to that, definitely. So, did you ever read any more about this ASAP Rocky stuff? No, I no. I don't fully understand this situation at all. Like, in part, in one thing I read, like he was said, okay, let's see. I'll just read it. This is from deadline.com. It said, Efron claimed, this is the other guy that- Efron? Is this that is the guy that was shot allegedly by uh, Ro- ASAP Rocky. Zach Efron. E-P-H-R-O-N. Okay, unfortunate. So he claims he was quote unquote, lured to a location in Hollywood where Rocky fired multiple shots. According to the court, papers Efron stated he was struck by a bullet projectile slash fragments in his left hand and required medical attention he's seeking at least $25,000 in damages which okay like so it sounds like Rocky fired some shots and allegedly yeah all of this is alleged and this Efron guy who used to be like in the ASAP mob uh, was hit by some, you know, ricochet or something. It kind of sounds like, and he only wants $25,000 in damages. Okay, great. Whatever. That's nothing to ASAP Rocky, I'm sure. And his billion dollar partner. And yet like, well, I mean, it has to be because they paid his $550,000 bail, but like ASAP Rocky is also facing up to nine years in prison for this. So it's like the damages are like part of it, but then 
there's like the criminal case, which is like the actual issue, which makes no sense. This is the thing where I just like am not, I just don't believe it. I'm, it's, I'm incredulous, if you will. Like, I, I will just feel like it's very strange. I mean, you did bring up the point we were talking about this via text that he did have those assault charges in Stockholm, was it? Yeah, where he, yeah, it was in Stockholm where he did beat a man and yeah. kick him. Yeah. Um, I just find it like very surprising that he would have like gotten into any kind of like altercation after being partnered with Rihanna. I just, that seems surprising to me. And maybe also the thing that is also surprising is that um, he was like in the entourage and then this happens. So like the idea of like ASAP, like luring him and then he's only asking for like 25 grand for like, it just is confusing to me. It seems like, why, why is this happening? Why is the timing happening? Like, yeah, when it's happening and not like nine years it just is shocking i feel like it's a scam the five hundred and fifty thousand dollar bail is like interesting too because that's just a high number and i have no i know nothing about bails i mean he's like the charges are like felony assault with a firearm so i guess that equals a half a million dollar bail but I also feel like if he really wanted to like hurt this guy, like he, he he fired five shots, like okay, he couldn't have injured you more, or you would have been dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, did it really happen, or it was like hurting your hand, just like an easy thing to do, <laughs> like versus like any other part of your body. You said you were surprised about you know this happening after him being with. Rihanna but it's like maybe she just has bad taste in men I don't know um what's his I name mean, Hassan Jamil seemed like pretty lit Her I'm just saying friend. like the Chris Brown of it all and oh. returning to Chris Brown of it all ew that's another real you the Chris Brown of it all indeed that is a good point I don't know at the same time I feel like I don't know the vibe obviously not besties with ASAP or Riri, but right. I just feel like his vibe is not Chris Brown, where like Chris Brown was like a child star. Like he was like 14 or something, like when Run It came out and or 13 even. So it, it just seems like, and he like Drake, I feel like child stars. I don't also know. Also linked with Rihanna. <laughs> Yeah, but their personas are very much like have seem like it's just like having something to prove versus I'm like, what would like ASAP have to like prove, you know? But also like that is like a very much like intellectualized way of like observing the way that like, I don't know, altercations happen or like disagreements happen. So I just feel like it's just weird. Like the different, like being lured into a location or something. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's just one word, but it is a weird word to use. Like, sorry, I had to burp. Um, this other one said that around 10, 15, an argument happened between the two acquaintances. 
the argument escalated and resulted in the suspect firing a handgun at the victim. The victim sustained a minor injury from the incident and later sought medical treatment. Mm. Following the shooting, the suspect and two additional males fled the area on foot. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It seems vague. Uh, I, and, like, I'm not to say whether or not it happened, but I was just kind of curious of your thoughts about it. I read this interesting article, too, about how when ASAP Rocky was in prison in Stockholm after that assault, Donald Trump helped, like, get him back to the U.S. and, like, getting his sentence, like, shortened or whatever. Oh, yeah. And because, like, Kanye West, like, brought it up to him and then people were, like, accusing Donald Trump of, like, doing this and using it as like cultural cachet to win over black voters yeah and i was like i don't know like i'm just so surface level sometimes that like things this deep like truly go so far over my head and i would like never think of any of it oh mm. welcome to the world of overthinking yeah i don't like it (laughs) yeah it's like a very eye-opening when i like hear people's like perspectives and stuff though because i'm just like so i take everything like on the face which is like such a pro and a con i mean pretty kelly catron pretty blunt you know give Mm -hmm. it blunt take it blunt yeah that that does make sense though too because it is like i just like speak my mind and like i say how i feel and there's not like uh, I'm, there's no scheming. There's no like underlying like messaging here. It's just what I said. But there is context. So it's like whatever you're saying, like taken out of context could be like very different than like what you meant. And I think that's like everything. Yeah, you'll find out about that after I edit this episode. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. We're that. Just I'm kidding. off on all this. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this is why, like, I don't know, anything is interesting is, like, the context, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. like, if 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 this had happened, like, 10 years ago, like, we wouldn't care. But now, like, the context of, like, ASAP Rocky being, like, with Rihanna, it's all of a sudden, like, oh, this is interesting. This means more. The idea that, like, Trump bailed him out to, like, yeah, garner favor with Black voters kind of like yeah like what's like the historical precedent for this happening before it's a good move honestly yeah i mean did it help no should it have no no at the end of the day it's like rich people helping out other rich people like i must say so right yeah i don't know i feel like the whole thing it just seems like the timing is weird to me and that's where i was like is this person just doing this for clout like are they wanting attention? Are they like, is someone else like paying them? I don't know. But maybe that is like overanalyzing it and trying to like make it more interesting than it is when maybe there's just like some old beef. Yeah. Well, yeah. And just like from, I mean, it doesn't help that he has a history with like attacking a man in Stockholm. So who was like, there is video of like what happened. And then he released video later of like, them being followed by these guys and being like frustrated by it but then like there's video of like the security pushing him and asap rocky like kicking and punching him it i I mean it's still even from what he was showing kind of seemed like they were 
the ones to like make it violent. Yeah. Which like stalking is a nuisance and like has to be so annoying as like a celebrity. Oh yeah. Like people harassing you and like following you and talking to you all the time. Like, listen, I'm just glad I'm not famous because I would lose my shit on people. I would be the person that's like throwing paparazzi cameras on the ground and like get out of my face. So I, I understand. I would be Brit. I would be smashing windows. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think Justin Bieber was the one that like threw someone's (laughs) paparazzi camera on the ground. And I, you know, fellow Pisces, understand the energy. Definitely understand the energy. Leave me alone. Yeah, completely. Um, I was just happy to see them out and about because Rihanna's streetwear like has been MIA for too long. Yeah, we need it. That mini skirt with the billowing boots. Like the wild. Yeah. Those I look, love her. Yeah. Those look like clouds. I mean, very voluminous boots. Um, I'm yeah, very you could really stash a few like fifths of alcohol down them if you needed she to. She might have been carrying the baby in those boots for all we know. <laughs> she could have. Plenty the of baby. Room. The Twins. baby's a Taurus because it was born on May 13th, which look. You know, you can talk to people. I predicted that this, as soon as the pregnancy announcement dropped, we could probably look back in the group chat. Mm-hmm. I called it. I was like, this baby's going to be a Taurus. I feel like I do remember this actually. And I, the math that I used was, okay, this is how big her baby bump is. Mm-hmm. But also Pisces plus Libra equals Taurus. Yeah, that's just math. That's just math. So, um... Yeah, I'm very excited to see this baby streetwear. I know. And it just doesn't even, the name hasn't been released. And, you know, these celebrities, they're entitled to, you know, the levels of privacy that they want, but they're not because everyone knows everything about them. But I want to know the name of famous people's children. And I'm sure I'll get it at some point. So I'll be patient, but I'm just curious. People have been like holding off on baby names lately. And yeah. And we respect I, it, but I respect it. But I'm also just not going to not be curious. You know, you got to be curious the same way I'm curious about Tommy Lee's dick. <laughs> exactly. Now like, that I know it exists, I want to see it. I want to know about it. That's right. We just want to know. You just want to know. Curious. Um, what's your favorite celebrity baby name? Well, I think that this is not my favorite celebrity baby name, but. Gwyneth Paltrow's baby Apple, like to go back to the goop of it all. Oh, the OG weird name. Yeah, it was like she I feel like was like the the catalyst for like it wasn't the first weird name in Hollywood, but it was like the weirdest to that point and really like opened the floodgates to weird Hollywood names. It definitely did. Yeah, I do love the name Northwest. I think that is just so cute and calling her Northy. Like, yeah, it's a vibe. I I did think it was dumb originally, but I've really turned around. I also love Stormy Webster. I think that's just such a cute name. Stormy Webster, great name. But I agree, Northwest, iconic. Do I know any names outside of the Kardashians and the Goop Baby? No. Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy. Yeah, not a big fan. Doesn't don't love that one. Don't, you know, I don't have anything against any name really, I feel like, but I don't 
necessarily love that one. It it's so close, and this is disturbed him. It they did it to her, but it's so close to Blue Waffles. Blue Waffles. You didn't. This is like probably like a little too like young for you, but it was like this thing where you would look up Blue Waffles on Google Images, and it was like infected vagines. What? Yeah. <laughs> like it was like some nickname for some kind of like STD, I think. And well, now you know I'm looking it up immediately. Oh, you gotta be. Let's I don't know what it looks like. I you know, in this day and age on on Google images, I think they probably like edited it out. Well, little did you know, but medicalnewstoday.com released an article three weeks ago (laughs) oh it's on everyone's lips these days blue waffle disease is it a real std what blue waffle disease is an internet hoax well yeah it was just some research claims that it is a sexually transmitted infection that turns the vaginal area blue however as experts say there's no such disease Here's the thing. If there was an STI that turned your pussy blue, yeah, I would know about it because I would. But you still that. didn't know about this. Because clearly it's fake. Well, right. But like it was a thing. Oh, my God. This is hilarious. Yeah, and- that was like middle school, high school, like back in the day. Wow. I mean, this is what I was doing at my Christian educational institution. I believe it. Only, only the most important, the hard hitting. Only the best. The best sex side you can find. <laughs> That's definitely not true. They were definitely preaching abstinence at my school. They were like, hold hands, but don't interlock the fingers. <laughs> Well, my cousin and his girlfriend like can't because it's not comfortable for her to hold his hand because his knuckles are too big. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you spotted those knucks. Look, he was killing it at bowling. So, mm. yeah, the proof is in the knucks. Yeah, you had to check out the knucks when he was just. I had no choice. Thrown down the strikes. Everyone. Strike after strike. It was very impressive. Wait, since we did... Okay, so we were talking about Blue Ivy and baby names. And, like, I... Are there other baby names? Because I don't... I can't think of any, like, that are interesting. Mm, See? I mean, yeah, great point. Um, I Like, I know they're out there. There's millions of them, but... There are millions. Wait, what's... um? Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love's kid. Francis Bean. Francis Bean. Very cute. I love both. Francis, I was inspired by and named the cactus that I had in my like room when I was studying abroad in Russia. I named it Francis after Francis Bean. No way. Mm-hmm. So cute. So cute. A great cactus name. Great daughter name. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Love it enough to be inspired to name something else after it, which is saying a lot for me. I don't name a lot of things, to be honest. 
you really don't. It's not part of your personal brand. Which is odd because you would think I would be like one of those name queens, but. You'd think that I would be too, but. Yeah. Not one of my plants has a name. They're just called their plants. You know, I call them by their plant name, for example. Mm. My plants, I have two cactuses now, which also I like am kind of like not a fan of the word cacti. Like what's wrong with cactuses? I would say nothing personally. Yeah, I just don't like cacti. Like it makes, it just doesn't come out right. I feel like, I feel like cactuses is so much more natural and like doesn't even sound weird. Like why do we have to make it cacti? I don't know. I mean, probably some Latin bullshit. Probably. But like, all I have to say is that like, I'm just going to keep saying cactuses and everyone else can suck it. But yeah, yeah, English is flexible. Like who cares? And cactuses are my favorite plants. So like, you're going to be hearing about it again from me. So you better get used to how I say it. Yeah. And if you try and correct it, we're not literally not here for it. Not going to hear it. Not going to hear it. Not going to care about it. Cactuses are bust. Yeah. I could not tell you why that is the, the etymology, but yeah, I don't know that I have a strong opinion on cactuses versus cacti. Um, all I know is that I find, well, cactuses are fine to care for, but succulents, I always kill. Really? I feel like every that's like everyone's favorite plant because they're unkillable. It's what every, every bitch in Brooklyn thrives on. I know, but at first I thought it was overwatering and then I... And, you know, went to like neglect and then they hated that. So Mm. now I'm just like, it's a cycle of abuse. Get me a pothos. Give me a plant. Oh yeah. Pothos is nice. Those are like easy to care for. I find a hardy plant indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And they're cute. They're, they're a nice little vibe. Yeah. They're looking good. I will say though, my apartment gets very humid when it's hot mm. out because I have so much vegetation in here. You have an insane amount of plants. Do you know how many plants you have? More than your boyfriend has candles, probably. Maybe on par. I probably have like 45 plants. Okay. He probably has more candles than me. He might actually, but you you have a lot of plants. It's a shock, honestly, to see. A shock to the system. Yeah, probably especially coming from Washington where there's not a lot of plant life. Yeah, I never see plants. It's just so crazy to go into your apartment. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I live in Washington and have two cactuses and you live in Northern California and have like foliage up the wazoo. I mean, not that Northern California doesn't have foliage up the wazoo on its own, but. Yeah, I mean, all of that foliage is burning, so. I'm just doing my part trying to keep some of it protected as much as possible. Yeah, a protected environment. You should get money from the government for that. Yeah, at minimum. I need pension too. I'll need it. Um, There was something else that I wanted. Oh, I think I just wanted to ask your opinion on, oh, what I was going to say, too many things. Like going back to the naming thing, like you would think bare minimum my car would have a name, but it doesn't. We just call it the hoe, which is perfect. It like doesn't need to be messed with, but it's not a name. The Teho. Really. The Teho. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the closest we get to a name is just saying Teho. Teho, yeah. It's all you're gonna squeeze from this lemon. 
Um, uh, yeah. I was like talking to Carly this week too. And she was like asking me about dating. And I was like, no, like I haven't been dating. Like I've just been so busy and like talking about how like I came back from a trip and I had to wash my car and then like something else. And I was like, oh yeah. And then like I had to wash my car. I was like, I think I'm just in a relationship with my car. (laughs) (laughs) We had a nice romantic getaway this weekend. Yeah, the little hiking, the hiking Yeah, just me and the hoe, like. Car camping. And then I came back and I washed my car. (laughs) I will never forget when you tried to do a flip off of the roof of your car like <laughs> you're trying to like get it, go into the back seat and get a snack and we had been sitting on the roof <laughs> this is honestly one of my favorite moments from life ever the I, video, it plays like video footage in my head like at least once a month i wish i could have witnessed it but to witness it in my own body was also spectacular but yeah we were camping in santa barbara And we were just watching the stars. We were with Spencer and Carly and they had already gone to bed and we were just staying up late like we usually do. And we were looking at the stars, beautiful night. And yeah, I was like, oh, I got to get something out of the car. I have no idea what it was. But (laughs) I opened the car door from the roof and then I started like sliding over the top of the roof into my into the back of my car which was all folded down so that we could sleep in there and I got to this part where like most of my body or like only my legs were on top now and I really thought somehow I was like and I said it to you I was like Kelly I'm gonna shoot into this car like you're gonna be amazed (laughs) like by my ability to get from the top the top of this car into the car and I like I knew I was gonna do it I have never been more sure of anything in my life and I go to drop into the car but I just flop entirely from the car like a full six foot drop from the top of my car onto my back on the ground just like so flat (laughs) (laughs) it was incredible it was incredible to see. And the fact that there were no real injuries to speak of. Um, None. I don't remember any. Like, I don't even remember it hurting. Like, I just remember laying on the ground and cackling. Cackling. Yeah. It was delightful. I mean, it was an ab workout for me. And just all the laughter that came <laughs> after that. I don't know why. Like, in my bones, I knew I was getting into that car, though. I don't <laughs> know how I was so delusional. The confidence but... was on on turbo like, this is like when we were in joshua tree this past year and spencer took one of the like decorative wooden um sticks in the house and he was like i'm gonna break this over my leg and i was like that's <laughs> a terrible idea like this is a three and a half inch thick piece of wood and it's that- yeah, like there's just no way. Like it's too big to break over your leg. Like it's not even up for debate. And he was like, no, 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 I'm going to do it. And my rule with like anything is like, I'll say my opinion once, maybe twice. In this case, I did go for two. Like I I was like, sir, this is really not going to work out for you. And he slammed it over his knee and it just bounced right back up. And he was yelping. <laughs> 
I'm sure it left a bruise, but um, I don't really remember seeing it. So maybe not. Maybe he's not like the type to bruise, really. Uh, it's all that leg hair. You can't see anything. No definition. No bruises. No, no, truly, too, because when they they uh, shaved my leg, I was like, oh, there's like so many scratches on my leg, like <laughs> scars. I've never seen this stuff before. Wait, I officially requested that we discuss the Bad Bunny meme that I sent to you in relation to your thigh tot, and we have yet to discuss yeah to discuss well what do you want to discuss well, I, so it's I think beautiful you're gonna, to, you're gonna have to link this in the show notes and this is a <laughs> shout out to casey because he sent me this but it's um it's the caption says guys with thigh tattoos it's like the one of those things where it's like no one blank guys with thigh tattoos and then it's a picture of bad bunny on a jet ski wearing a life vest and nothing else and showing off his thigh tats incredible I will say, like, since I getting this thigh tattoo, I mean, I'm already such a shorts man, like iconically. Iconically. But I like I demand the public to see my legs in a in a whole new way, which is like part of why I got the thigh tats because I am iconically a shorts man. Iconically, yeah. Like I needed the people to be seeing my legs in a new way. And I've, I've never been more obsessed. Like I love who I am with these tattoos. I must agree. I am inspired. I want to get a tiny one of my own. You should. I'm, I'm considering it. My legs are already shaved. I'm ready to go. <laughs> You're ready to go. You're just like a little seal waiting to get puncture oh so we're gonna get the the materials ready okay she's ready get me set up yeah I'll, I'll book an appointment with her yeah do it i there's she's booked and busy it seems like so it does seem it yeah, does seem. gotta get on the wait list is she still smoking those um like chamomile herbal vapes i haven't seen her smoking those but um i don't know for sure i'd have to ask yeah i was very delighted um, okay. But back to the thigh tattoos. So, yeah. um, I showed Casey your thigh tattoo and then I was like, and then we were trying to find the meme. Cause he was like, Oh my God, like that meme. And while he was finding it, I was like Googling thigh tattoo meme, like trying to find it. And then I found all these funny articles that were like 20 of like the hottest thigh tattoos for men or like oh God. 70 hot men tattoo <laughs> and it was just like the the variety of like these articles was so fucking funny and it would just be picture of guys with thighs tattoos of like roses roses symbolize romance they're great to have on your thigh <laughs> like, I love that they act like they had to put words with it yeah yeah well in one article you'd get like a whole novel explaining like why like people should get a gun tattooed on their thigh and then oh. another article was like, sometimes there would be captions like, um, like lions represent power. <laughs> and then other times there would be no caption and it would just be like a far off picture of like a soccer player with thigh tattoos. <laughs> hilarious. It was chaos. It was, yeah, it was incredible. Well, chaos is the name of the game when it comes to the leg tat. Tell me about it. I'm just so happy to like it was a collaboration with Sarah because originally I had like I've ever since I studied abroad in Russia like I knew I wanted to get 
the word atih uh, tattooed on me, which is like, it basically means like rest. Um, and I just like, I don't know, like I loved the word, loved the vibe, everything. So like that was in 2017. So five years ago, I guess. No, 2016 mm. that I was there. So like I, ever since I was there, I also I feel like this might not 100% be true because my memory is so foggy and unreliable, but I feel like I really remember seeing it spray painted on the ground with a phone number. And I just assumed that meant like, you know, a little like massage and then some parlor that you could get, mm-hmm. you know? And I just loved that part, you know, cause I'm a body positive, sex positive guy. <laughs> Look, sex sells as previously discussed. And as I like to market myself and so I just wanted it on my body because I just like thought it was so funny. And like, I like I loved that it was spray painted on the street. Like, come on. And love- I just loved the word already. It's a great word. And it just means rest, like nap. Yeah, like downtime vibes for sure. Oh, like the recoup, like relaxation. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. Kind of like a, a recharge. Yeah. Yeah. So I had that idea, like I wanted that word somewhere that had nothing. I wasn't doing anything with it. I have my tattoo on the back of my arm says, which in German is kind of like similar. It just means like calm, like tranquil, serenity, those kinds of vibes. Mm -hmm. And so I had that tattoo from when I was 18. And so now here I am, 27 and a half, haven't had a tattoo in nine and a half years. Well, I guess nine, because I got it like in September that year. But anyway. It's about time. You're overdue. It's about time. Yeah. And I just never had like a fully formed like idea or like cared enough to like get a tattoo until recently when Sarah's been doing her stuff and like. I think part of it is like just having an artist that I want to work with, you know, like I would rather do some something with like someone I have a personal relationship with. So the opportunity came up and I had like thought about different ideas and I'd always wanted this word. And then I was like, I've always wanted like a leg tattoo over the past few years where I've become iconically a shorts man. (laughs) Iconically. (laughs) And honestly, I don't think I even realized I mean, I would wear short shorts all the time in San Diego and people would comment, but I don't think I like fully realized me being a shorts man until I moved back to Washington and Bridget's Mm -hmm. boyfriend, Joe, pointed out that I was like always wearing shorts. And I think it's because like in Washington, people just didn't wear shorts as much, especially like getting into like fall and like it is colder, but I just demanded to have my legs be out. (laughs) <laughs> oh the legs are out the legs are out sex sells baby i gotta yes. get them to the people wait were we in like nevada city do you remember when we went camping at the yuba and mm-hmm. then um we stopped in that place and got a smoothie and like <laughs> we can't even bring up the hell that that was for you <laughs> it was horribly traumatic if i don't i don't remember the name of the place but it was a fucking nightmare it was <laughs> nightmare and the thing is is that like kelly patience is not a virtue that she has no especially when it comes to food like when i'm that is no she's hangry but also like 
I don't even think it's hanger. It's just like the patience and something especially about food service that just makes you snap. I think it's because I've worked in food service. Yeah. So I'm just like my, yeah, I'm like, what's the excuse here? Like there's usually none. And when I fucked up people's food orders, I had no excuse either. So, I mean, (laughs) yeah, you're like, I I was just jerking off. Sorry. (laughs) No, probably just. I don't know, talking to my friends while I was working. But um, the thing is, is like, not only did they forget the order that when they finally made it, they made it wrong. So it's just like, you can only do, you can only have one fuck up. And there was just too many fuck ups happening all at once. We have never waited longer for food. And then it was wrong. It was literally a bagel sandwich with vegan cream cheese. Yeah, it was a simple order. It was like 45 minutes. At a very like vegan oriented locale, we'll say too. Not that you were making a special request. No, it was not a special request. But that's this is not the point of the story. The point of the story is an iconic shorts moment in which you were iconically, memorably, unforgettably wearing, I think, little red shorts um, and a crop tank because it was really hot. And so hot incredible like reflective sunglasses and as we were leaving there was another guy in little hot shorts and like a little tee um not a crop though and reflective maybe not reflective glasses because I saw his eyes but he was just wearing shorts and he was kind of like you know being that boy and he definitely gave you like and up and down and said like nice shorts but you didn't realize because you were just strutting by so fast and I was walking behind you so I saw the whole thing go down and so I just wanted to say like internationally basically because he could have been like a European tourist who thought he was in Las Vegas but happened to be not in Nevada City <laughs> yeah in the middle of nowhere California of nowhere um just as Vegas is but um he was blown away by the shorts and I'm sure he's never forgotten it to this day He might not have, but this really speaks to like my oblivious nature and I don't know how I don't notice, but like I have always been immune to people like flirting with me, hitting on me or noticing me to a point that it's just seems impossible that I would be so unaware, but I truly never am. So maybe it would be fine if you were a celebrity because you just wouldn't even realize the paparazzi were there. <laughs> yeah, maybe just like, <laughs> oh, they're taking pictures. I just thought it, they were blinking. <laughs> You'd be like, oh my God, is Rihanna's baby behind me? Like, <laughs> no, literally, I just I just thought we were at a Nat Geo shoot. Like what? what's <laughs> the floor and the fauna up to around here? <laughs> yeah, what's the foliage up to? What's happening here? It was, ama- it was amazing. It was... I- I mean, it's nice to have another person like around me to feel the compliments that are being thrown my way that I'll never acknowledge. Never perceive. And it's not intentional. I'm not trying to ignore anyone. I'm just too quick, you know, mission driven. Places to be. Regimes to Renaissance, quite frankly. That's right. And I also just would love to say on the record that Renaissance regime predates uh, Beyonce's Renaissance. I'm here to um, bear witness to that truth, to that fact. Thank you. It doesn't predate, you know, the Italian Renaissance, um, of which Renaissance was born out of. 
but it does predate Beyonce's Renaissance. Although, like, I find Renaissance and like Act One, allegedly there's going to be like Act Two, Act Three, which makes sense if you're going to mm. release an Act One. So then they're all under the Renaissance umbrella, I suppose. But mm. why the title Renaissance? I don't feel like she's in a Renaissance. I feel like it would imply that like something was lost or something was never not flourishing. Maybe she feels like she's more like fully artistically like doing her shit now, but I don't know why. Like she's got a focal point now. Like the Renaissance is lost on me. Like why Renaissance? I. Why do you feel like you're being reborn? Like the point in her career, it doesn't seem to match up to me. Yeah, like you might expect a renaissance in like at the at Beyonce albums. Yeah. With partition. Like I could see that album being Renaissance because the album before that was four, right? Which is I feel mm-hmm. like very I feel like that was like the turning point. Like four is like pinnacle, canonical, like older school Beyonce pop star diva. Yeah. And then Beyonce self-titled album is where she kind of morphs into like this more modern era. Yeah, like Beyonce, Beyonce. Yeah, being more artist, outspoken, a pop star of in her own making and identity rather than popular culture. Yeah, fully. Yeah, I don't know why it's called Renaissance. I feel like we might have to wait for the other parts to come out to like really understand, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it just, it speaks to like what I was saying earlier. Like it's just every little piece of it is like a little incongruent to me. Like it doesn't, it doesn't add up to me. Yeah. I mean, I feel like also I do need to like listen again, but it just felt like, yeah, the the Beyonce ballad banger wasn't there for me but then I think also again it doesn't matter if I like it because this record wasn't like made for me you know yeah I mean I think it is a good record but it's just a lot of things about it are confusing to me and that's not to like even critique it it's just like it is confusing and maybe it needs time to marinate we just don't understand it yet maybe we got to catch up with the artistic vision. I mean, I do think it's like a good album. Like I would say I like it more than I don't like it for sure. And it's interesting and she's doing something different, which I like. I'm always here for like people doing something new because we've heard it before. And especially when you're like that much of a star, like where you can pull off these huge changes and do it successfully often, like I'm into it. Yeah, I guess it's just like a question of like authenticity because it's like not like you know Beyonce personally or anything, but mm-hmm. I think it does go back into like co-opting like queerness or like yeah, like house music and like that culture. I think it's interesting because it's like all of that is very like queer and black. Like the mm-hmm. reason we have house music is because of like Frankie Knuckles, like queer black folks like in Detroit and Chicago I think having Beyonce celebrate that and bring it bringing that sound more mainstream is really incredible but at the same time I'm like 
it just doesn't sound like Beyonce. Yeah, I think it didn't. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because it, it doesn't sound how Beyonce has sounded. I, who knows what the rest of this renaissance will sound like to say if it sounds like Beyonce or not. You know what I mean? Like, maybe this is the new Beyonce. Also, like, she posted this picture on Instagram the other day that has the word cunty, like, rhinestoned onto this bag. And it's, like, really cute. And she's wearing, like, this tight dress with, like, some cutouts, like, on her cleavage. Like, there's, like, a band across, but, like, semicircles on either side of it that are, like, cut out. It's, like, cute look. But I'm also, like, it's just so interesting to be, like, the she doesn't post on social media that much. And it's basically always promotional. So it's like the last time you were promoting something, I was seeing you like carting out these giant tents of Ivy Park, like red and orange athleisure. And now I'm seeing you in a dress and a bag that says cunty on it, which I'm like, I've never been familiar with Beyonce using the word cunty before. Yeah. Well, and that's also like where it's like very like, yeah, kind of like appropriative of like, like Vogue culture. New York, like performing cunt, like performing femme, like that's mm-hmm. like a category in ball. So, or ballroom, I should say. And so, yeah. And it's also like house music too, right? Like again, Frankie Knuckles, I think Larry, Le- Larry Levon, Larry, is it Larry Levon, Larry Levine? Either way, it's like still very like taking from a subculture that like is not your own. And so then it's just like the question of, well, is it amazing that she's doing that because her platform is so big and it like kind of in a way normalizes it? Or is it like in a way like reclaiming Kunti and taking it from people who like made it what it is? But I'm going to look this up right now so I can look at. Yeah, exactly. look at the picture. I would. Yeah. So like I've listened to like some podcast talking about it and like they or like from the queer perspective uh mm. and like they seem to be like very supportive of it and like into it which I am too like I'm not against it I don't like I think as long as like you know Big Frida is like huge and like featured on Break My Soul and I think that like so far as I've seen and heard of like Beyonce does a good job of like uh attributing you know the what people are putting into her work and how she's using it like I don't really mind like the music and the sound and like whatever and like making it your own I'm just like I feel like she didn't do it in a way that like made it feel super Beyonce like it doesn't it seems like a little cut and pasted out of like you know queer culture or like from culture that Beyonce doesn't seem to have a lot of ties to like even like the corporate world and then placed into a Beyonce song rather than it being like an artistic vision from Beyonce. Yeah. I think there's something about it that feels a lot different than yeah. Like her, her like past work where it's like, you're kind of seeing her kind of like really artistically I feel like a Lion King. (laughs) Like there was like something that was like very Beyonce about like all of like everything that came out, like the videos, like, Mm. so maybe that's like what's missing here where it's like, maybe I'll, 
And also I feel like she does like such incredible like visual work that it's like, maybe that is like what will tie it all together and like really like bring it home because I think right. And I'm, as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, yeah, why did like Drunken Love or Single Ladies or um, I don't know, like so many like, like songs, I mean, Lemonade, like that whole album, like mm-hmm. I think the visuals is like really like what brought it together. Yeah, because originally when, uh, what was the original song from that formation came out? I thought it was similar. I thought it was cheesy in a way that didn't seem authentic to Beyonce like it was such a shift in performance for her I felt like content wise and sound wise it didn't seem authentic to me originally but by Mm. the time I had heard the whole album and gotten the visuals it made a lot more sense to me yeah and I think like yeah formation is the perfect example of like but like hearing her originally be like I got hot sauce in my bag swag and I was like who is this like I haven't heard you be like this before you know like I I kind of found it like an interesting like shift that didn't seem authentic at the time but yeah but that was when it was like a single when the whole album came out it made a lot more sense to me yeah, so I'm thinking maybe like the visuals is going to be like what really brings it home. And it's also like at the end of the day, she's a Virgo. She's like not going to give you everything. So it's kind of like giving like a little breadcrumbs of like who is the real Beyonce? Like we don't know. Yeah. Um, so maybe like, you know, obviously I'm being hyper fucking judgy being like it's corny to hear Beyonce like talk about like gray sweatpants, but like that could be real Beyonce. Who knows? That's the thing that I think is like so interesting. And I think that she has intentionally set it up that way. Because like I said, she's not on social media. Like she's not out doing press all the time. Like she did homecoming, you know, documentary. But even that is strictly about the homecoming performance. You know, she doesn't let you, she talks about her vegan diet and preparing for homecoming which in itself was something separate from the lemonade album from any other things she was working on like it was its own vibe and presentation yeah so I just um, yeah maybe we just like don't have everything we need you know to really experience the renaissance quite yet and like she's an artist like her art doesn't necessarily need to be tied to her personality I think we're just accustomed to that being the case especially with pop stars yeah fitting into like a more specific mold but I don't know like even with like Miley Cyrus I she rebrands a lot and I find it to be authentic Mm. like she did like that hip-hop album and at the time that was fully her vibe, you know? Yeah, but that was also it was, appropriative. It was appropriative and, like, weird and, like, cringy. But it was 100% who she was at the time. Yeah, and that's, that's fair. And then she goes into, like, this kind of, like, folksy, more, like, indie 
moment that felt real to me too. She was kind of just like Malibu, Topanga Canyon vibing. And then she came out with like this more rock and roll album with her mullet. And I don't know, she just seems to be very like able to metamorphize in a way that doesn't read as like inauthentic. And I, I don't know why and I don't know how, but it just like, it works for me with Miley. <laughs> but it's also like Miley is not love Miley. She doesn't have the artistic vision that Beyonce does. Like, why would you say that? Miley could never do homecoming. Well, I'm okay. I guess I'm just saying, like, continue. I'm saying, like, when Beyonce is like putting things together, I think she has just like the whole vision. Like, she knows, like, who she wants there, like, to be like doing the choreography. Like, she knows, like, what the stage is going to look like, like on her tour. She like knows like what the video is going to be. Like she has like the vibe. She has like the sound, like she's like putting it all to like together. Obviously she's like bringing in a team that is like helping her like make the vision happen. But it's like such like a mycelium connected network of like production that it's like much more beyond like Miley putting out an album of like, I don't know, like folks, folk songs to like country pop to, you know, hip hop, if you can give it that name and then like back again. It's like a lot, I think it's a lot different to sort of like, yeah, be like, I'm going to like make this kind of song and like have this kind of video. But I think that's why I think Miley Cyrus pulls it off more fluidly because I think she is more concerned with herself and how she identifies as an artist. And it, it kind of pulls through in that sense where she's not thinking of all these like machinations behind everything. It's more just about her. See, but I think that like Beyonce is like thinking about like whatever art she is creating in like a very holistic way. So it yeah. maybe feels like inauthentic because it's like so much more of like a heavy lift to like be thinking of all of that versus like, I want to like record some of this. And maybe that's just like the difference is like. But Miley's I think that's like Miley's just out here like living her life and decides like I'm like in this era in this kind of vibe. So that's the music I'm going to make. I'm already living it out. I'm doing it through my fashion, through my lifestyle. And so I'm going to make an album based on that. And I think for Beyonce, it it is like an art project that she is a little outside of. Mm. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it is this big production and she's seeing all these parts. I think that is true. Like everything you're saying, like made it make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I think that that makes sense. And also like Miley is still not a billionaire. So maybe there's a reason she's not thinking about like, what is the stadium tour going to look like? Like the moment that she's like recording a song. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think they're both incredible artists and yeah, incredible um, talents to reckon with. I think that the difference is that maybe Beyonce is just like more big picture and in doing so she definitely is like thinking about like the details of like every part of the production um, versus just like making the music. 
I mean, obviously I'm like a huge fan and I think that like she pulled off something successful with this album. I, it's just interesting to talk about the ways in which it just seems a little off in certain aspects. Yeah. Which isn't to say that I don't like it. It's just, I guess I'm like just a little confused, but there's no problem with the confusion. There's no problem with confusion, but I mean, I'm, I'm there with you. It, it, It definitely is not something that's like been on like heavy rotation. Like I find it, this sounds like a read, but it's not, but I find it very like, it's good music to listen to while I'm doing something else. Like, I think because it isn't super like vocally performative and like as engrossing in that sense, like it's kind of like more mid range, like vibey, like a lot of tempo going on. It's easy for me to be doing other things and like it plays well in a non-distractive way. Yeah. Totally. But when I sit down and like really listen to it, I had a harder time until like my fourth time listening to it to kind of catch a groove with it, I guess. Yeah. I still haven't listened to it enough to be like super opinionated, but I think, I don't know. The first time I heard it, I was like, okay, when are the remixes dropping? <laughs> like, well, you know, just- there is that Break My Soul remix where it like samples Vogue and stuff. And people are talking about how that's kind of like taking back Vogue for like, black culture away mm-hmm. from Madonna but without like demonizing her version of it yeah yeah that is very true but like I don't like the version and people are like gagging over it which I mean sure I but like it's not for me I, I don't like it at all really <laughs> is this an official remix I mean she released it yeah damn yeah and I I personally didn't like it Mm. but I like the original break my soul so we can keep that let's keep that (laughs) I'm curious to hear your thoughts about it if you listen to that version though yeah I will listen before bed well anything else you got to get off your chest before we wrap this up um any cultural moments any honestly like the most cultural moments I've been listening to a lot of Las Culturistas um yeah, that's where I'm pulling a lot of this Beyonce commentary from because I just listened to an app sometime during the past week when they talked about it. And they're much more thrilled with it than we are. See, that's why I'm like, I don't know. Am I missing something? I don't know. I don't think so. They also love Taylor Swift, so. Yeah, okay. No comment. That's like a whole other episode. I know, it's like, and I love Lost Colch and Bowen and Matt and like, I'm not here to drag them, but we are gonna have to have an episode devoted to taylor swift because i hate that wench we'll talk about it i mean (laughs) i hate that wench is so strong like i i feel like that's just a little aggressive but like i just don't like her i'll i'll back it up to that yeah different episode we'll talk about the politics we'll talk about the evolution i mean i would love to the only other thing i've been like you know, thinking about water a lot and how we are over tapping our groundwater supplies. And John Oliver just did an episode on water in the Colorado River. Um, I think, I don't know, within the past like three weeks. So I don't know, just everyone think about water in the Colorado River and go watch John Oliver. Beautiful. I think unless you want to record um, me brushing my teeth, 
Maybe time for me to sign off. Yeah, we're um, screaming into the microphone. But um, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on, you know, wherever you get your pods, Spotify, Apple. Um, it's near slash distant. Um, and hopefully we'll be releasing episodes more regularly now that I'm getting back on the Renaissance regime. And... Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Okay, great. Sounds good. You can uh, follow me at Hot Rod BJ on Instagram. And the pod is that's on you pod. So hit it up. We've got the content. That's right. If you don't listen, that's on you. That's on you. All right. Well, lovely to see you, Cal. Lovely to see you. Hot Rod. Have a great night. (laughs) Night.